lots of uh, skin virgins out there. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Lauren Rose. No, I think it's Lorreen. I think it's Lorreen. Oh, Lorian. 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 Yes. Lorian. Lorian. Dame DeLorean. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. Ta ta there, retard. I love Sir Spencer. Oh, the bowl after bowl guy? Don't tell him we're high. Listen, we may be a little high. I mean, late. Bowlafterbowl.com. I explained to him he could lose his life, but don't lose the tape. My old man is a scumbag. Dude, you need to chill. Thanks so much! This is a new live son of a bitch! What? 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 Is it still a new live son of a bitch? You bet your sweet ass. It's lit. It is lit. As lit as love, at least. And you're listening to another one. Thanks, bowlers. It is April 18th, 2023. Hope you're having a great Holy Week. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And this here's episode uh, 239. 239. Oh, so fine. That's right. So uh, kick back, relax, and uh, slip into your bowl after bowl attire, which really just involves slipping out of any other attire uh, that might be present. It's pretty easy. Yeah, we wear our birthday suits around here. Pretty simple. Pretty, uh, pretty whatever. That's right. Uh, starting at the normal time, kind of, although we had to delay a little bit, because, uh, yet again, somebody thought, on a Tuesday night, it would be a great idea to fucking pop shots off again. Thanks, Hood. Hood, Hood, uh, Hood Mike, Hood Life. What can I say? At least the kids know the drill. That's the Hood Mike. <laughs> That's the Hood Mike. Yeah. Really was like, I wish there could be police. All over the city, guarding all the city. And I also wish that they could hold no shooting gun signs. That would be cool, too. <laughs> How effective, not. Ah, so, yeah, that would, be, that would be pretty good, wouldn't it? In a perfect world. The people in the hood don't read signs. Yeah, typically. And there's a lot of signs I don't read, either. Yeah, I don't think it's a lack of signs. but Or police. Yeah, what do I know? What do I know? I am just but a simple dude sitting in a chair in his basement talking to you fellas and talking to you ladies and uh, probably all your pets within earshot too. I'm talking to them. Woof woof. Yeah. Another great week, by the way. Gotta love this week. This is a uh, stoner's week of choice. Yes, the holidays. Holidays. Holidays is the brand new craze. Um, yeah, lots been going on. What's been going on? Um, I put new track wrapped up. What is that? Oh, yes. The the first week. 
of a new track going through the school. That's always a challenge for me. <laughs> I'm like looking at my notes. I'm like, what does new track wrapped up mean? Uh, but the new track came through at school. So they had their week one this past week. And oh man, it's always a challenge to go from like the advanced week straight to teaching week one. Basic HTML tags. It's like uh, a whiplash thing, you know, because you're, you're in deep level with kids who've been like uh, super exposed and they know what's going on and you're doing like JSX and kind of advanced stuff and then you back to just plain HTML with CSS rules and like trying to explain the basics. To people who know absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And I say kids, everyone, it's, a, it's adult learners, but uh, once they're in your classroom, you call, I don't know, you call them kids, whatever. I mean no harm by that. It's just kind of a thing that we say. So that's good. That's fun. In my annual review, Daddy got a little raise. Yay! Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I hope to in, uh, continue to increase my value. That's kind of the philosophy. You know, I take the value for value philosophy that we uh, employ here, and I roll it into work, too. It's like It's like one of these things that has just radically changed the way I think about everything. And so, like, uh, you know, it doesn't mean I work for free and then they can pay me whatever they want to pay me. Obviously, that's not how things work at work. But my mentality of, like, if I want more and I want an increase to come my way, like, I first must increase my value. That's my thought. That's my mindset. And I know a lot of, like, the fucking quiet quitting and easy way out and... uh bare minimum Mondays and all the stupid fucking Zoomer trends going on in the workplace, like, would have you say the opposite. You know, they would have you think, well, once they pay me more, then I'll work more. But it just is like a, it's like a losing mentality. It's not value for value at all. It's like no value up front. So why would value come? So I think it's like really helped me in my work life just to think of it that way. Think of how can I increase my value? How can I put in something more valuable and when I do, then there's like, they just, they, there's no question, right? There's no other option. They got to give me more because I've brought more value. Yeah. And they want to keep you. So it's, it, uh, it's, it's, it's this abundance mentality, I think. I like that. Value for value is a way of life. You got to put in to get out and you got to put in first too. You know, that's why we give this show to you up front why you can listen to it and decide for yourself where the value is and what's coming and then evaluate it hey what a concept what a concept treat everybody like an adult yeah it's freedom and the responsibility of freedom yes absolutely oh what else has gone on i just got back from a beers with bitcoiners oh very cool so that's fun talk a little bit more about that in the shit stain it was a good time hung always out at, is i got it chicken and pickle did some things got some stuff um Another thing I'll talk about in the should say, and there was a, another Bitcoin product community meeting. I think I talked about it last week. Um, so that's been an interesting thing. It's like a, it's a really close knit group right now, at least. So it's, it's a great time to kind of get in and be somebody there. You know, I think there was like six or seven people on each of these calls. Uh, although there are a lot more in, in the various groups that are connected to it. Um, maybe some are lurkers, maybe some are participants, you know, but, uh, in the actual calls, that's really where the connections are made, you know, talking to people in real time. Now you've talked about this group on the bowl before, but how did you find them? 
Um, they made some announcement about their, uh, it ended up being like a learning club that they're starting. And so I follow a few different, uh, news streams that trickled out. I can't remember exactly which one, uh, I saw this on, but they kind of put out some announcement or release about their calls. And that was the first I heard of it. And so then I went to their website and they've got actually a nice Google calendar of all the upcoming stuff they do. Um, so yeah, that's how, and like I said, I'll, I'll go into more about that uh, in the, in the shit stain as well. Uh, speaking of Holy Week, 420, just two days away, and we're going to be celebrating it big time here in the bowl. Uh, starting things off, uh, we will have this show, actually, the one that we are creating right now, uh, play right after the Live No Agenda ends and fades out. So thank you to Sir Bimrose for uh, graciously agreeing to cue that up. Thank um, you, sir. In the name of the holiday. And uh, once that wraps up, we're going to take over. Uh, don't really exactly know what time because, you know, you never know when no agenda is going to wrap. And then since I'm making this show right now, I don't know how long it's going to be either. Uh, hopefully we don't hit literally 420. That's what the schemers got into last night. They went down deep into the depths of the ocean. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, how, we'll see how it goes. You never really know once you start where it's going to go how long it's going to uh, keep riding. You know what I'm saying? But once this thing wraps up, if you're hearing this on 420 on Thursday, uh, then stick around on the No Agenda live stream because we will be going live with a Bulls with Buds with Mary-Kate Ultra and Make Heroism. Oh, yeah. Which we are very excited about. I'm not sure if we are possibly ex as excited as Bully Steed is excited about it. Well, it's Bully Steed's birthday, too. Bully Steed's birthday. Birthday bowl. Which makes her the ultimate. Shares a birthday with Hitler, which is very impressive. Um, yeah. So we're going to have a big uh, bully, bully, boosty steed party, birthday party, as well as uh, throwing down with uh, yet another no agenda stream world underground power couple. Heck yeah. Which is always a fun time. Love it. Double date on the lanes. Love it. It's always a uh, big bowl energy. Going down, so you won't want to miss that one. That'll be just like a party on the airwaves, on the airstreams, on the stream waves, right into your ear holes. That's right. Anything else interesting? Uh, we got an Ollie's <laughs> that happened. Oh yeah, on the Kansas side, they got an Ollie's. Right? Was that the Kansas side? Hell no, we were never in Kansas. Really? Oh, I don't think so. It's so close. Lorian never knows where we are. <laughs> we can be driving around. Where am I? She's like, where the fuck is this? This is like. That other place, right? No, we were in the Northland the whole time yesterday. Ah, uh, well, this is America. You thought Penguin Park was in Lee's Summit or something, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Then I realized we eloped right next door to yeah, Penguin Park. Yeah, like a block away. It's all connecting now for me. <laughs> drawing you a map real soon. <laughs> yeah. All, all these. I immediately sent a picture to uh, Abel Kirby. Or rather, since uh, is Abel Kirby refuses to uh, engage in uh, SMS and MMS messaging, I, I sent it via a relay. Very nice. Yeah, trusted courier. I'm sure he got a kick out of that. He was uh, indeed kicked by it, no doubt. Ollie's, go to buy crap you didn't know you needed. But at least it's cheap. It is cheap. Right. Ollie's, uh, if you've never been, is just like one of those fucking big box freight or big freight places. Discount freight 
How would you describe it? I don't know. It reminds me of a place called Ocean State Job Lot back in Massachusetts. Yeah, or like Big Lots or... Big Lots, yeah. Anything like that. Anything where like some kind of weird uh, twisting inventory of stuff that's not supposed to be as cheap as it is, but it is for whatever reason. Yeah, they bought extra pallets or something. Yeah, maybe it fell off the truck or maybe it's like uh, the wrong color or something weird, you know. So that was fun. It was unexpectedly neat. It was. It's a, it's a place that uh, we thought was only on the East Coast, and actually recently only was. So it's like, uh, the I told uh, Abel that the long arm of Ollie now reaches Kansas City. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Taking over the uh, entire lower 48, as it were. I'm looking at this Ollie's army card, I think he's ready to invade Canada, actually, by the looks of it. He's ready. He's going to take over North America. Unstoppable. I don't, know, I don't know how he can make all those stores selling the stuff so cheap, but hey, there's a mystery. Oh, they bought it even cheaper than they sell it. Friggin' mysteries, man. Makes you wonder why everybody else can't sell it so damn cheap, you know? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Getting it for pennies from China. Yeah. We're all getting hosed here. That's the, that's the takeaway. Yep. It's one big scam. Life's a scam. Life is a scam. Uh, but we never scam the bowlers. You sounded like you were ready to say something. I'm I was going to say, speaking of scam, I did get an interesting postcard in the mail the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, actually you did. Oh, opening my mail again, I see. I didn't have to open it. It's a postcard. I just flipped it over, saw uh, okay. your name. I was excited. I thought it was Fair from enough. me because I talked about these postcards on a previous bowl. Um, but it's from Planted saying, once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm listening. The state is offering cannabis dispensary licenses to persons convicted of a cannabis offense. To find out if you qualify, please call or visit our website. And their website's plantedcannabis.org. Hmm. You know it's a scam. Well, clearly they just mass blanket mail these out to people. Well, it's got your name on it. Because they don't, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't have such a qualification. Fortunately or unfortunately, I guess that's a perspective thing. Whether the glass is uh, half empty or half full or uh, contains urine, I'm not sure. Must have a marijuana conviction on your record to qualify, it says in big uh, bold letters. I bet they could save a lot of money just by looking at CaseNet and seeing who has the convictions, you know? Yeah, but maybe they're made of money. This is uh, pre-sorted first-class mail U.S. postage paid from Sacramento, California. That's right. Think about it. They're getting these social equity applicants to earn them a license in all these different states. I like how it's all in Spanish in the back, too. They're really blanketing this out. Yeah. yeah. So they're trying to get uh, straw buyers for or straw licensees, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Wonderful. You get the license, and then, you know, we'll just take it from you. It's interesting that uh, the phone number on the front that they print is a 573 number, which points to central Missouri. Now, the phone numbers on the postcards I have seen online are always local to where they're sending it. Sure. They so probably I, just have a forwarding number. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I would not consider this a local number. Just saying. Yeah. Not 816. That's right. 816 till you die. Come on. What is this trash? It is trash. Trash. But it's also kind of historical. That's true. It's funny. Like, we've been talking about it, and then it shows up in the mail. Yep. Reading my mail. So I guess you have probably no uh, reasonable expectation of privacy when it's a postcard, yeah? If it's not in an envelope? How does that work? <laughs> Beats me. I wonder, I wonder. Mysteries. Many mysteries. 
Many mysteries to entertain the bowlers out there. And uh, we do hope to entertain and inform the bowlers out there, and that's why they're coming back bowl after bowl. And uh, as we kind of alluded to in the opener, they're bringing their value, uh, and uh, we consider that a signal that we're putting value in. That's what we try to do every week. That's our aim. That's our purpose. That's our primary uh, directive, as uh, Shatner once said, or a thousand times said, or whatever it was. And uh, you can do it, too. Many ways to do it. And we always like to give a good, hearty thanks right up front to the folks that do it with their treasure. Uh, of course, time, talent, and treasure, the three T's, to reciprocate that value. But uh, we do have a couple of main ways. There's actually a lot of weird, strange, wonderful ways uh, to get your treasure over to the bull. And one of the things that we never really talk about, because it's not super exciting, really, or uh, heavily used, but technically, if you are a user of Brave Browser, we are and have been for ages a verified creator on Brave. And so they like give you a set amount of shit coins every month that they call bat. And I don't think it's the bat that uh, started coronavirus. I think it's a completely different bat. But nonetheless, uh, it just kind of stacks up in your browser. So if you do use Brave and you notice, oh, I have this weird bat that I never use. Well, you can go to bowlafterbowl.com and click on the little uh, triangle delta thingy. Uh, and you can send it to the bowl. Then it's not weighing you down, being all batty. And then we'll take it and we'll turn it into something real. And uh, it will be Bitcoin, is what it will be. Uh, you start off with Bitcoin, though, and just keep it as Bitcoin. And since us as Bitcoin, well, we call that the Lightning Network. And we call that Podcasting 2.0. And uh, all you have to do to participate is take your clothes off and go to nudepodcastapps.com and pick you out a podcast app. And finally, uh, the ancient method that still uh, is totally valid and works and literally pays some of the auto bills that we have set up is the PayPal donation in the old familiar United States doll hair. And you can find those buttons at the bottom of any page at bullafterbull.com. You can click and uh, just send a one-time amount or you can sign up for a monthly recurring stonation, which a couple of bowlers came through with. Over the past week since we last spoke. All right. And which we very much appreciate. Uh, of course, coming in this morning during the Holy Week appropriately with his uh, monthly 420 stonation, it's your boy Sharky Shark. Sharky. Thank you, sir, very much. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I'm going from, uh, I'm going like uh, LIFO here, last in, first out. Uh, we had just a few days ago. Circus Media. Ah, oh, Circus Media. Coming in here with his uh, Quad Richards 1111. Thank you. Which we very much appreciate. Uh, month after month without fail. Uh, those two are coming in with recurring subscriptions. So that really helps us uh, keep all the servers paid for and the hosting and the, you know, the stuff that comes out every month. It uh, does take some dollars and cents to run this thing. And so we appreciate that uh, returned. Also, we had a one-timer come in. And this actually came in late last week, just after uh, I was looking at these. I don't, I don't have exactly have a time stamp, but it does say April 11th. I think it was quite late. But uh, Sir Candanavian hit us with a 33-33. Oh, thank you, Sir Candanavian. Appreciate you, brother. And his note just says, uh, stay married. <laughs> Planning on it. Which, uh, 
Yeah, thwarts zero plans. Yeah. So I think we can stick to that. Appreciate it. Thank you. I did uh, have a little ringy-ding the other day with uh, Sir Candanavian. Just a friendly chat. Very nice. Yeah, he was like, uh, hit me up on the No Agenda socials. So he's always out there listening to some live stream stuff. He's a big time uh, stream lurker. So if you're out there, Sir Candanavian, which I know you are, I appreciate you very much. Yeah, cheers. Love you. Cheers. Bowls up, baby. Uh, and that concludes the uh, PayPal. But we are only just beginning with some sats, which uh, we really love this part. I'm going to do some sats. I've got 40000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Yes, it's fucking awesome to be a, be a part of it. Watch all the things uh, being thrown around in real time. Real time feedback. And you may hear throughout the show some uh, bowling balls slapping into some pins. That's the sound of live boostograms uh, in the form of Satoshi's real money hitting the node, which is basically a uh, bank and payment processor that I run myself on my own uh, computing equipment. And Lorraine runs one as well. That's right. On her own computing equipment. BYOB. How about that? Be your own bank. That's right. We love it. And uh, we love all you bowlers. I always scroll back to the last 1420 sats from Harv Hat, and here this is six days ago, right out of Podverse, just like clockwork. So thank you, Harv Hat. Yeah, thanks, Harv Hat. Starting us off. Um, shortly after in the post show, we got a little love from uh, Boobles in the post show, starting with 17,776 sats out of Podverse. And his note said, oops, all dolphin rape. Oh, noes. Thanks, yeah. Booberry. That's a cereal with a certain kind of crunch, even when it's soggy. <laughs> uh, afterwards, he followed that up with a uh, little bit of a 69-69 action. 69! 69, 69, dudes! And he said, yes. Most indeed. Yeah. That's what he just, he, his note says, yes. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, sir. And uh, next up, oh yes, I was testing the splits for Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra. I do want to say one thing about the splits. Uh, we know they boost from Fountain often, and one of the kick-ass things about the Fountain uh, integration and all of the tools that they have built is if you happen to already have a Fountain account, and I happen to already know that, then I can just look your username up on Fountain.fm on their web page. And their web view, Blueberry showed me this, or I would have no idea, but their web view, for everybody's profile, you can look up users on Fountain, and you can click the little lightning bolt, and it will print you out what the value tag is supposed to look like to send sets directly to that person's Fountain wallet. Ooh. It's like, actually pretty convenient. So any guests, if they already are on Fountain, we can just kind of cut out any other wallet hops and just send it straight to their fountain wallet. That is pretty convenient, pretty nice. I think that's pretty nifty, personally. Yeah, that is stupid simple. So, uh, it works. We did the test. It worked out. Nice. And uh, that's what, uh, come Thursday on 420, that's what they will be receiving their their split, their share of the uh, loot from, is that uh, fountain, fountain address. So, fill their fountains up. Yeah. Come Thursday. It'll be a fun time. Uh, 3333 is next. 
from Damn Trail Chicken. Bark, bark. Bark, bark, indeed. And uh, she says, a lightning bolt emoji and a poo emoji and another lightning bolt. Sparkly poo. Love it. Or holy shit. Holy shit. (laughs) Well, thanks, Damn Trail Chicken. Or, wow, that one came out fast. (laughs) Shit lightning. (laughs) Or maybe she was listening to the cocaine shit stain. Who knows? Uh, Whatever she was doing, we definitely appreciate it. Much love. Next up, another 3333. Also from Fountain. From Mary-Kate Ultra. Oh, hey. And uh, she said, had my BTC study cap on for this one, she was actually going back and boosting our old uh, Balls with Buds that we did with Captain Sid. Oh, that was a great one. Yeah, episode 206. So that's another beautiful thing about this uh, journey that we're on, is it transcends time and space. Anyone can listen from anywhere, any point in the future, and uh, the boosts... Still work. By the way, if you're ever boosting an old episode and somebody split fails, please uh, send me a note and let me know. And uh, I will update their node. Because I would like this shit to work forever. Yeah, that's the plan. And I'm not changing uh, my node anytime soon. For the foreseeable future. Uh, 6969 from Boy. Oh, this is, okay, this is me earlier. I was testing the split kit. Uh, if you've not seen this. This is uh, Stephen Bell's new tool which is really fascinating, actually. It's kind of kick-ass. It is... So he started out calling it uh, Elder Kai or Mordedmiss or I don't know, something that I'm not nerdy enough to understand the reference to. Uh, And Adam suggested on Podcasting 2.0, maybe he changed the name to the Split Kit, and he immediately did. That's slick. Which is a great and easy to remember uh, and type in URL, of course. Uh, if you want domain names, Adam's your dude. He's like the king of domain names. Astronaut, pistol, always has been. Um, and the split kit, basically what it does is you can go and spin up your own splits, whatever you want. You can plug in Albi wallets, Fountain wallets, any custom node address, just like basically you would in a value tag on a on an RSS feed. But this cuts out the whole need to make an RSS feed yourself. It just gives you kind of basic fields to fill out on a web form. Hmm. And then you save that, and you can save multiple uh, splits in your what he's calling your catalog. And it just builds value blocks out and then allows you to boost them directly with an Albi wallet or any connected wallet, which is really fascinating. It's brand new, so I'm sure this thing will improve over time. But even right now, like... What I was, uh, I brought a laptop tonight to the uh, Bitcoiners meetup because we have a, a a Bitcoiner in there who's like really, really psyched and interested on uh, building out these split payments for things like maybe a live concert show, you know, which is like, oh yeah, this is my wheelhouse. Like we've been talking about this kind of stuff since the beginning, how to implement. And so I was kind of going to show up and bring a laptop to show him how to build an RSS feed that would do what he wanted, right? Well, with SplitKit, which, by the way, you can go to thesplitkit.com, thesplitkit.com, to uh, play with this tool, you can skip the whole RSS part, which most people find pretty overwhelming if they have no exposure to code at all. Um, I'm totally with Dave. When we talked to Dave this last time, he was kind of like, yo, with RSS, like, just sit down and look at a feed for, you know, give it an honest 15, 20 minutes. 
and you'll see everything in there and what's going on. Like there are items and there's a channel and then everything is either in the channel or in an item. And from there it breaks down. Like the title tag has the title of the item in it. The link tag has a link to that item. Uh, it's all very spelled out. There's not like secret code names for shit like there might be. And there's not like a really mysterious syntax going on. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, but there's a lot of a, an intimidation factor if that's totally foreign ground to people, which I totally understand. In fact, um, reteaching this week one kind of, um, I don't know, peeled off another layer of that onion for me, you know. Uh, sometimes it's easy for me to sit here and say, hey, you know, get in and just do it. What are you bitching about? But, uh, you know, it need, you need some exposure for sure. You need some exposure. But uh, in my experience, there's a lot of people that get in, open up a RSS feed, and then within five seconds, you say, I don't know what's going on here, and they close the RSS feed, you know, and tell you five seconds is not long enough. Five minutes is not long enough. You got to sit there for a while and really give it a try. Really look at what's going on it will start to make sense uh, when you study it. Study, 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 right? And uh, look at all the, I mean, podcastindex.org, by the way, is a fantastic resource where you can look up any podcast. So look up one of the ones you like. And then there's a little RSS button. It kind of looks like the Wi-Fi symbol rotated like 45 degrees. There's your RSS symbol. And you click on that thing, goes to an RSS feed. And then you can start reading the 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 raw RSS code in XML format of your favorite show and look through them. See all the episodes that you have listened to over the past month because they're all in there and it contains links to an MP3 file that you could tap and listen to the damn show again directly as an MP3 file. Probably contains links to uh, art. Probably contains a description that you've already read in some podcast app. Well, that all comes from the RSS feed and it's a beautiful thing. You should get uh, if you listen to podcasts, get a little bit more intimate with it. Check out Under the Hood, you know. Play around with it. So anyway, the split kit. I see huge potential here for uh, a lot of non-podcasting related use cases going on with that. Anyway, I do digress. I apologize. 21,212 coming up next from our boy Lavish. Oh, thanks, Lavish. Or could it be Lavash? Or Lovish. Lovish. Lovely lovish. Uh two one two one two out of fountain, and he says, Jugs are better with friends boost. Hey. Having a great time in the uh pre-show party that we always throw. Right after DH Unplugged wraps up on the No Agenda stream. So we thank you very much, sir. Lavish, of course. Uh one half of Behind the Schemes, which you can find at behindtheschemes.com with threes instead of E's. We always link to that in the show notes. So if you're reading the show notes and you just click on Lavish's name, well, you'll wind up there. Uh, same if you click on this next booster's name. Booberry's back for some more action. Boostberry. Boostberry with another burst of boosting. 10101 sats, little binary from Fountain. And he says, Oh fuck, you're gonna make me you come for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. You come for me. Yeah, come for me. Come to my fucking door. You know where it is. Um, next up, 1111 from Cotton Gin. Oh, uh, Cotton Gin. Thank four, you. Four dicks in a row. That's coming out of Podverse. And uh, he simply says, test toke. Toke uh, tested yeah. and received. Toke test passed. Green, uh, green lights blinking. 
And then next, uh, he sends immediately after a 77-77 boost. Again, out of Podverse, and just a puff of smoke in that one. Nothing nice. else. Nothing else but a puff of smoke. So uh, we, we got the uh, smoke you're blowing. We're picking up what you're laying down. Uh, one, two, three, hundred. That's one, two, three, zero, zero. From our boy, uh, boy Piranesi. Oh, thank you, Piranesi. He's coming out of Fountain. Just 41 minutes ago, slapping us with a boost. No note, just the boost. Appreciate you, sir. Uh, next up, five ones. That's five dicks in a row. One, 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 one. 11,111. Out of Fountain from Boosty Steed. Or as we like to call her, Bowly Steed. Oh, there's many things we like to call her. Uh, birthday Steed in two days. And she says, it's High Holy Week 420. You know what that means? It means, uh... A little bit of this action. Come on. Clear it. Clear it. <coughs> oh, shit. Well played. Well played. Uh, next up, 11,821 sats from your boy Pfeiffer. Oh, thank you, Pfeiffer. The great. Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. Uh, out of Fountain, he says, let's go bowling. Yeah, let's. Oh, yeah, let's go bowling, which has been your new uh, rallying cry to start the show. I say new. You've been doing it for quite a while, but. It's only logical. It makes nothing but sense. <laughs> so thank you, Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, by the way, doing the two-hour folk hour every Sunday morning. Dusty Apples and his cousin Rusty Apples and his uh, granduncle Musty Apples. <laughs> sometimes making a guest appearance the whole apple clan the uh, apple clan don't fall far from the tree if you if you know what i'm saying and uh finally the bowls that just slapped us fifteen thousand sats from mary kate ultra oh thank you mary kate ultra coming back from fountain again so you we're gonna have to replenish her wallet that's right she's boosted twice now uh over the past week she said this time so excited to hang out with 420 royalty on episode 240 all with a red heart emoji. Three exclamation points. So the excitement cannot be hidden. Much excite. We are very, very jazzed about that. Yes, indeed. It's over 9,000, my excitement level. My excitement has lasted more than four hours, but I'm not calling a doctor. No. Why would you? Why would I? Why would I? There was one more boost I saw. Oh, did I miss one? Oh my goodness, I did. Uh, four sevens for Make Heroism. Her partner in crime, also had a fountain. No note, just boost, so I appreciate that. Uh, also, we had a note in a chat from Surveyor Jose, who heard the promo for the meetup on the last episode of No Agenda, and he cannot find it on the No Agenda meetup site. And uh, he just happened to turn the stream on, and I'm on, and he's on. So he's talking to me, and I'm talking back. This is the real IRC miracle that we can pull off here in real time. So... I do have an explanation for that, and the explanation is we waited to submit it, like, at an awkward time. And noagendameetups.com only improves events every, or twice a week. And I think it's kind of close to right before the shows. I don't know exactly which days of the week. So, it has been submitted, that event. It will be posted soon. God, I hope. Uh, but, feel free to give me an email, spencer at bullafterbowl.com. And I can send you a link to the sign-up genius that is live, that does have some details, and also allows you to 
not only RSVP, but uh, sign up for bringing a side dish or some kind of yummies to share with everybody. So uh, just let me know. I'm sorry about that. Um, it is my own uh, lapse in preparedness to not have submitted that sooner. But we have been, the KC uh, NA Meetup folks, we've been, we've been waiting to the last minute. Because we're just all so damn busy. We do so many things. We've all got like, I think the average kid size is like seven with us. So, you know, we're like, we go to the No Agenda meetups and we like have just like a few kids, you know. Yeah. That's, that's our KCNA group. Just, uh, that's how, how it goes. But you got the <laughs> promo in on time. A week ahead of the event. I think that's usually good. Ah, uh, you know, we don't want to relitigate. Uh, I, have, I have, for the record, I have no bad blood with uh, any of the meetup site or the lovely folks that uh, rule it with an iron fist. <laughs> I am uh, at their mercy and serve at their leisure. That's all. And yeah, yeah, sorry about the confusion on that. That also wraps us up with the boostograms. And uh, <laughs> you know what that means. Arching, arching, cooking, shifting. Unchained, unchained, okay, chins, pain, unchained, unchained, go! Streaming staff, booster grounds, make they really want to build a node. Oh, yeah. Definitely want to build a node, because as we discussed, you know, it's your own, uh, your own financial sovereignty. Digitally secured on your own equipment. You know, you can do that, like, right now. Nobody's stopping you. And you don't need to email anybody and say, hey, can I do this? And you don't need to sign up. You just... Build a node, and uh, then you have one. How about that? Now, it's easy to say and a little harder to do, and I'll uh, gladly admit that, but we have so many lovely people. Many of them hang out in the bowl, as we call it, the bowl after bowl IRC room, which if you're not in there, scurry on over to uh, irc.zeronode.net and pound that bowl after bowl. You can find that chat room if you listen live on Podverse or CurioCaster, it should automatically load up uh, for you in the web view, in fact. And uh, we always have a great time in there, and it's also a sick place to post all your node questions. And so many of us will be happy to assist you through the journey to uh, financial sovereignty. Yeah, the bullers in the chat also contribute so much value to the show. It's true. By picking out timestamps with ISOs that we might use for cold open... And other good stuff, good information. Crime and I ride, I rolled right into the shit stain, and we didn't even talk about the other ways. Yeah, there are very simple ways to, you know, contribute value back to the bowl, not yeah. just with your treasure. That's right. But your talent. You can send us art or jingles, like Hey Citizen does. Lots of stuff, all the good stuff. Send news stories or funny clips you found. Um, You can just pass the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. That's... The easiest way, the one of the best ways. Valid option. Yes. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Every week we have a first time I ever topic. And this week we want to hear about the first time you ever got a tattoo. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right, 816-607-3663. Wee-oo, lad. Uh, titty pics are also accepted. 
Yeah, you can text if you're voice shy. We'll read those too. You wouldn't be the first and you wouldn't be the worst, so don't be shy. Go ahead and text whatever you like to 816-607-3663. By the way, bowls... Uh, I keep saying bowls, but I mean balls. You get your balls and your bowls crossed every, every once in a while. <laughs> yes. It happens to me. I've been burned by that before. Uh, but 4,200 sats just slapped some pins just now. From Fletcher out of Fountain. Oh, thanks, Fletcher. And he said, I like big bowls, motherfucker. And uh, also, of course includes a link but my mom is trying to save me from weed and she's sending me to the weed town yeah i hear you with your fine ass well pass the blunt boo damn you hogging the whole shit (laughs) (laughs) that's right pass it around don't be hogging it don't be hogging it in fact uh value for value really is built upon uh what we call the first rule first rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time that's all so yeah pass it around yeah don't be a mooch wow sorry about that uh i'm getting Segment whiplash now. That's all right. We were supposed to be off the chain in an on-chain uh, shit stain filled with cocaine, uh, which we still are. We're all just, just kind of like uh, tying up loose ends. It is the Holy Week, so you'll have to forgive us for some kind of uh, uh, discontinuity, some continuity errors. Uh, but that's okay, because it's all unfolding in the eternal now, and linear time is just an illusion that we created to make the math easier. So uh, next time you're late on a project, just explain that to your boss and play him a Frank Zappa song and tell him Fletcher sent you and you will be promoted in no time. Work for me. Uh, Anyway, yeah, beers with Bitcoiners. Little KC meetup action tonight. That was at Chicken and Pickle at North Kansas City. Uh, Beers were had. And Chris actually came through with a little bit of impromptu Bitcoin trivia, which... uh, Landed me with some sick voltage socks. Those are lovely. Which I didn't even know was a thing. They uh, are in a color scheme, unfortunately, close to the blippy guy, but I think the blue is a little bit darker, so I'm going to let it slide. Uh, Little lightning logos all over it. The voltage, like, circle with a lightning bolt. And then, yeah, plenty of orange. Orange toe, orange heel. Yeah, and an electric blue. Yes. For the main body. It's quite beautiful. And the lightning symbol stands out because it's white. Yeah. I love that. Mm, white lightning. Uh, also an Unchained Capital koozie. So I don't know. I'm like, I'm never a koozie guy because by the time I remember a koozies exist, my beer is warm, but it's almost gone also. Yeah. And then I crack the next beer and forget koozies exist again. And then when I remember koozies exist, I'm not exactly sure where we keep these damn things. So... I'm going to keep this right now here on the desk, and who knows where it will end up. I'm sure it'll be floating around for a while. I got a couple of stickers, too. Oh, man, I think those are in, well, my pants, which who knows where those are at by now. But uh, they were also some voltage ones. One had, like, the uh, Guy Fox face on it, and it said Bitcoin is freedom, and that was fun. It was like a gold foil sticker. Very cool. And uh, another one said send nodes, which I can appreciate. Send nodes? Send nodes. That's kind of... Uh, my philosophy, really. So I was like, yeah, I kind of want that sticker. So I got that sticker. Hey. Lots of swag coming home today. And when you came home, I saw a button. Oh, that's right. I added a button to my vest. Yes. And it said, if I remember correctly, ask me about lightning. It does does say that. Ask me about lightning. Uh, I told him that I need a button that says, show me your node. <laughs> but uh, all things in due time, right? Working on it. Definitely working on it. 
Uh, what else we were working on tonight was planning for the upcoming Bitcoin block party. All right. So that's going to be June 24th. That's a Saturday. Putting the sats back in Saturdays. And uh, this time, a new venue on private land. Oh. Private land. So uh, the deets are not fully readily available yet. Uh, 100%. But of course, you know, I'll keep you updated and uh, let you in on that wonderful loveliness when it uh, unfolds. But hey, if you're in the Casey area or even, you know, liberally like three to 20 hours outside of the Casey area and you make stuff and you would like to sell that stuff for some Bitcoin, hit, hit me up because you can do that at this block party. It's always a great option. Lorian had a great time doing it every time. Every time. It's always a great time. Yeah, we have a grand time. Now, I will say that's interesting. It's going to be on private property because... A lot of my customers have been foot traffic just walking by. And then they're like, what's this all about? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. But it'll be Bitcoiners only, so I won't have to deal with, like, can you take my credit card? Right. I only have a 20. Go yeah. see the guy. Get some Bitcoin. I think we're going less on uh, walking foot traffic and more on bring a party. Let's make a party. And maybe vending some beers and stuff in Bitcoin. I'm not sure. It's still kind of early planning stages, but we have a lot more uh, freedom as it is a private land. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. Catch your drift. Yeah. So sovereign, uh, sovereign trading on sovereign land. June 24th, you've been told. That's right. Uh, you remember last week I talked a lot about the fold... Uh, Yanking the jank, yes, on uh, being able to pay the mortgage and whatever. Yeah, the sat hack. They actually, I don't know if it was, uh, it's probably in the plan all along and everything, but they also uh, rolled out a new reward system, which, frankly, I kind of like it better. It's just less convoluted, and uh, the way it works is just instead of you, you used to get spins back, right, or you used to get spins when you spent sats so you make a purchase and then you spin a well you could take a flat one percent guarantee or you could spin the wheel and get anywhere from a half percent all the way up to ten percent or a hundred percent or a full bitcoin or you know a bunch of other prizes that uh, had varying odds on them so you'd always you know get like the most i ever got was a four percent and uh, now what they do is just flat one percent on everything no matter what and you get a new spin per $10. Mm. And then the spins, you just spin and get that many sats per spin. And there's a wheel of sats from one all the way to a hundred million of full Bitcoin. And it's just a little bit, uh, I don't know, fairer, I guess, or more predictable. You know what you're getting into. And another thing is like, there's no, oh, I missed my spin, so I don't get any sats at all. Oh yeah, that like, would stink. You just get the 1% right away. And then... I think you got to use the spins within 24 hours or some kind of hours, but they're a bonus. They're a bonus, you know, so you just get the extra on cherry on top. And if you miss that, it doesn't really break your heart necessarily because you got the 1%, which is the biggest, you know, deal. So I, I don't know. It doesn't really appeal to the degenerate gambler side right. of things though. That's true. Which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Cause, uh, I, I, you know, I, I got a little degenerate gambler in me there somewhere. I know you do. And uh, he's never really been in the driver's seat, but he's also just like less and less there over time. The degenerate gambler in me. 
I've always been able to resist the hook, but I've always had grand fun when I participate in degenerate gambling. Grand fun. And I've lost my ass a number of times. (laughs) Yeah. That'll so, happen. Yeah, that's why. That's I part like, of the fun, though, right? Do it less and less. Yeah, yeah. If there, <laughs> if you could not possibly lose your ass, then degenerate gambling would not be fun or degenerate. So, hello, hello. Um, yes, I want to say there was one more thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Bitcoin product community uh, meetings I've been going to. Yeah, you teased it earlier. Um, there is a website associated with it, which I should have written down. Uh, but I'm pulling it up right now. The uh, activity that we participated participated in last Thursday was shadowing a PM. So this group initially started as Bitcoin project managers or product managers, PMs in the dev world. And a PM is kind of the guy that oversees the project and kind of um, keeps everyone on deadline and communicates like issues to the dev team and takes the call from the creative side that says, oh, we want these colors and these images put into the app, and then he goes to the dev team and has those, and, you know, he just kind of corrals all of the kittens, for lack of a better explanation. So this started off with uh, the the project or product, these are interchangeable in my experience at least, managers. It was sort of a group aimed at them. And then very quickly other people joined like developers and also just like newbies trying to learn uh, more about building on Bitcoin. And so then they expanded the name to the Bitcoin product community, which is they thought was a little bit more, I don't know, overarching or uh, better a descriptor, I guess you could say of what the group was. So shadowing a PM was last Thursday's event. And uh, one of the leaders of the group just kind of walked us through how he, uh, walks through PMing a Bitcoin project. Um, By the way, the website, bitcoin-product.org, bitcoin-product.org. And if you go there, they've got their mission statement and a little bit about who they are. And then if you keep scrolling, at the very bottom of that splash page, there's upcoming events and they have a little uh, snippet of their Gmail calendar. So you can join in uh, all the great fun. There's going to be a uh, interview this Thursday. With another product manager. Looks like a couple of them. Pav and Jack R. Who I don't believe I've met either yet. So uh, it's nice right now. Intricate group. Uh, intimate group. Intricate. Fucking words. Um, a little intimate group. It's always less than 10 people. It's like six to eight people on each of these calls so far. That I've been uh, a part of. And I'm just hoping to kind of make some relationships out there. In the... Uh, PM world because I really just need some collaboration and um, so far you know I found a lot of advice and tips but like on projects themselves uh, I just I've always felt a little bit in the way when I'm trying to contribute it's like uh, I don't know like uh, music side projects a good example I I tried to do a little bit of styling and just kind of play around with it and uh, you know um, Steven is like uh, looking at that and going, oh, you're doing everything like different than how the setup is supposed to be in Svelte. And, um, you know, in order to have the colors persist and easy theme changes, we need a global style sheet and just like things that um, any project 
is different. Like every project is different how, how all of that's handled, you know? And so I've almost felt like more in the way than helpful mm. with contributing, which is totally my fault. You know I mean? It's not like a knock at Steven in any way, shape or form. It's like, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, you know, and I'm not in his space. Uh, so I feel like this Bitcoin, uh, product community is one that is going to help me kind of learn how to better be a value add, you know, like, what kind of things could slash should I be doing? And also, how do I take... Because this one-man app stuff is, like, pretty rare. And uh, also, not all the way there, you know? I mean, it's impossible to get a fully polished-looking and feeling and working product with just a one-man band. I think Steven definitely comes closer than anyone I've ever met at doing it. And I don't know, like... Uh, part of it's just years and years of experience but um for me i need to i mean you know, i've been I'm trying to put together kind of a team without a direction and so you can't you can't put a team together without a direction right right the team like you get them in any kind of virtual room and they're like well what do we do and you're like well i don't know yet and then it just immediately falls apart you know so that's that's what i hope to gain out of it is just like following along some of these bitcoin products that are coming out uh, the one that he was showing us was a kind of a beginner's course. It was like a course called Saving Satoshi. In fact, you can uh, find it on Bit uh, on GitHub by searching Saving Satoshi. Um, it's actually GitHub.com slash Saving Dash Satoshi if you want a direct URL to it. And um, yeah, there's a number. Of, there was probably like 12 different stakeholders that he was talking to us about from the dev, from like a beginning dev that's just hopped on all the way up to the uh, product owner and himself, the product manager. So it's a nice, robust product that's, you know, being improved upon all the time. And uh, savingsatoshi.com is the site where you can play through a demo of it. And basically, it's code your way through the mysteries of Bitcoin. So you can play a demo of it or you can learn more about it. And I think the full version is not quite out yet, but it looks like a lot of fun and it's a nice polished product. And I think like this is, this is really going to help me try to hone my ability to get some kind of a bigger picture involved because there's no way I can like carry this boulder on my own. I just don't have what it takes. And I don't think any one person does with like, what is in my vision? What is in my imagination? You know, it's easy for somebody who wants something to say, all right, we'll just like code this, you know, but it's more than just coding. Like there's a front end and a back end. There's artwork that needs to be involved. There's a storyline that has, uh, you know, text to write up actual, uh, lesson content in the, in the instance of saving Satoshi here. So there's just like so many moving parts and pieces and there's nobody that specializes in all of that stuff, you know? Right. Uh, most of us jack-of-all-trades type guys who at least have some experience in all of that stuff are not particularly god-tier at any of it, you know, because you have to kind of dedicate and specialize to get god-tier at any certain thing. So that's 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 been my pain point, but this group, I think, is one of these outlets that I can turn my pain into pleasure over the long term. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the jack-of-all-trade types make good project managers because they can communicate between all the different moving pieces. Yeah, exactly. That part really appealed to me because I saw a lot of my uh, 
I don't know, my personal skills in it. I was like, wow, that sounds like me, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. So. And that meeting was right during your lunch break. It is. It, like, threads the needle of my lunch break, which I'm so pleased about. So it doesn't matter if I'm teaching or not. Like, I can make these Thursday things, which is incredible. It's like. Uh, it was meant to be. It's almost as if I'm supposed to be in there. That is the that is the call I'm hearing. Yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't be more pleased with that. Bitcoin-product.org if you're interested in joining any of this stuff. They've got all of the different links you love or hate, including Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and a mailing list, and, of course, a Gmail calendar. Yeah, or check a it out. I should say a Google calendar. Whatever. A uh, calendar. Plus a GitHub. Um, I think if you're a true purist, you hate all of that. <laughs> But not all of those equally. Maybe you can deal with the blog. They also have a blog, too. Oh, but the blog links to a Substack. So there you go. Womp womp. Another reason to hate. Uh, well, you can hate or you can participate. That's kind of the, the choice that you have. Yes, the road to decentralization is slow and steady. That's right. One piece at a time. That's right. Can't win them all tomorrow. Anyway, that's my cocaine this week. And I'm feeling up about it. Yeah. That was a lot of coke and not too much shit. Yeah, the, sh the stain is uh, washing away this week. Yeah, that's nice. Which means it'll probably be right back next week. Who knows? Probably. Uh, what I am looking forward to, though, very much is a little bit of a... Top 3, 33. All right. Yeah, anytime there's big news, this magic number, 33, seems to appear somewhere, whether it's the person's age or the address, or the number of people involved in an incident. And this week, a story that stood out to me came from Nigeria, where 33 people were buried after an attack in the state of Kaduna. Oof, I hate it when that happens. Me too. From reading different stories, which all had 33 in the headline, of course, surrounding this incident, it sounded like they were Christians mm. and targeted because of their faith. Uh, but these gunmen came in, these terrorists, and gave the villagers here two months' notice, saying, we will be back in two months to destroy everything and kill all of you. And they were. Mm. So more than four houses were burnt down, and as I said, 33 people were buried. Uh, this is the second attack in a week from random gunmen. Damn. Yeah, non-state actors, as they put it. Uh, heavy emphasis, right, on non-state? Which non is a, a little spooky, right? Yeah, heavy emphasis, exactly. Totally not the government working here. Definitely you know? not a state actor. In fact, uh, our CIA handlers were clear to make that in the contract that you know there was no contract. Yeah, just don't follow the money. It's a dead end. I wouldn't even know how to begin going about that, but it's, uh, yeah, it is spooky. So they, there was an article talking about how in this region, there are a lot of people being killed, maimed, and kidnapped for ransom. Shit. So there's a bit of money moving around or not, and then there's more bodies in the ground. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Um, housing values are just going to plummet. I'm sorry, I don't mean to make laugh. It's a, it's a truth. It's, it's very truth. bad. Very bad shit. This is why the people need guns. Fight and back. Most indeed. Yep. 
in China, their modified no-fly zone affected 33 flights this week. So they closed their airspace north of Taiwan for 27 minutes on April 16th. Is that all? Yeah, from 9.30 to 9.57 a.m. I was a bit surprised it wasn't 33 minutes. But, you know, they got done five minutes early, I suppose. There you go. And this was for a military exercise, Mm. which is one of several measures taken by Beijing in response to President Tsai Ing-wen's meeting with U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California last week. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. Sound like they're pissed. Mm Mm-hmm. A little upset. So that's interesting. Just like a 20, what was it, 7? Yeah, 27 club minutes. 27 minutes results in 33 flights being jacked around. I guess that's kind of like in rush hour, if just one guy hits his brakes, then like all of a sudden everybody has to hit their brakes in the line behind it. It's just like you delay one plane and then everything behind it gets bumped too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that. Had to reroute, fly around, wait a minute, 27 minutes. Awful. Yep. And finally, my... Third top 333 story this week came from The Hill, which says Trump widens lead over DeSantis to 33 points in new survey. Where did the survey come from? Ah, a place called The Morning Consult, hmm. which is a, they call themselves a business intelligence company. They were established in 2014 and they specialize in online polls. Fun times. Nice. This one had 829 participants. And was conducted April 7th to the 9th with a plus or minus 4% margin of error. But they got the 33 points, so it was headline worthy. Definitely. This group is being cited all over the place. The Associated Press, New York Times, Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal. I all I found articles from all of them. They with must be the, the real deal then. This business intelligence company as their source. Yeah, yeah, the real deal. Anyway, let's go behind the curtain. Uh, I would love to. I feel like we've been here all night. It is that time of year. It is. It's the week. Curtain week. (laughs) (laughs) It's curtains for us. I had a story a few weeks ago about a company by the name of Smokeland who decided they would sell weed using credit cards through a loophole. Where the mm-hmm. credit card purchaser would buy crypto, and then they take the crypto, unspecified crypto, take this crypto, buy the weed, and uh, then it's not technically a credit card sale. Well, there was a follow-up article that just came out before 420, because they were going to launch this whole project on the holy day. Yeah. Guess what? Yanked. Yeah, they were just kidding about the whole thing. Oh, of course. It was a big joke, right? It wasn't mm. real? No. Just a big fat joke. Yeah. Their processing partner actually terminated their relationship <laughs> because this could <laughs> potentially be seen as bank fraud. So in that processing- No fun whatsoever. Partner, by the way, goes by the name of <laughs> Pose a bit. P-O-S a bit. Oh, yeah. P-O-S a bit. Pause a bit. Paused a bit. (laughs) A bit paused. And yeah, they're a specialized point of sale system for dispensaries, which at one point or another had the ability to buy crypto enabled 
on their systems. But that disappeared. So <laughs> I guess since this dispensary chain uh, went public about it, you know, they right. had to that is cut the ties. Uh, loose lips sink ships. And if you're blabbing about it enough that we know about it over here in the bowl, yeah, you might have told too many people. If That's you, all. If you talk to a journalist, come on. What you got to do is just word of mouth to the people that stumble in your door. And then you can do a lot of funky, weird shit like some of the shops here are doing, which is great. And then I tell you, a bowler, over the airwaves, and, uh, you know, nobody can click on that yet. We don't have transcripts yet. No. And uh, once we do, the bot will fuck it up enough to where, you know. It's unclickable. It'll still be somewhat safe. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, uh, not the thing you want to make a press release about, dorks. Yeah. All I have to say is Bitcoin fixes this. Yes. Uh, Bitcoin and uh, some discretion only tell the cool people. And uh, here's a hint. You call the journalism department, you won't find any. That's right. Yep. Even at TechCrunch, which is where this story all came out of. Yeah, well, this is why we can't have nice things right it's- here. It's shut the fuck up Friday every day. That's right. That goes for journalists and cops. Every damn day. (laughs) Shut the fuck up Friday. Well, the bowl is happy to not have ads, but the bird shite is excited to be the first social media legacy social media website allowing weed ads. Oh, good for them. Yeah, they made a big hullabaloo about it for the Holy Week. Wow. Yep. That would be something that would be high on uh, Elon Musk meme lord's agenda. Yeah. Look at us. We're taking weed money and giving ads to our users. Type. Yeah, I feel like there were Facebook ads for dispensaries early on. And then it just got, like, at first it was, uh, you had to age limit it, right? You had to age restrict it. And then they might have pulled out of the weed ad business. But I'm sure there were... I'm sure of it when legalization first rolled out that like weed ads on Facebook were a huge thing. So Hmm. for them to say they're the first, I think is a bit dubious of a claim. Well, they're rewriting history nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, that's their prerogative. Here's another thing too, is what about CBD shops? Like that's not counted as a dispensary, but I do feel like I have seen CBD ads all over the place. Yeah. But that's not a, you know, state licensed legal dispensary. That's that's 50 state legal free-for-all under the 2018 Farm Bill. Yep. A little Wild West action, which, you know, no, no problem with that necessarily in my book, if you want to Wild West it. Yeah, I dig that. But you have to understand how to act inside of that Wild West situation. Exactly. I'm just glad we don't have ads here. Kansas City is a, it's always, it was a speakeasy town, you know? So we're, we're well familiar and well-versed with... Uh, how to nod and smile and to still go about her business. That's right. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Speaking of ads, have you been seeing these zero, show me zero, zero traffic death uh, ads I've all heard, over the place? I've heard many on the radio, yes. Well. <laughs> show I, me zero. I just saw my first uh, visual one for high driving that came upon my radar. And it's so cringe. Yeah, many such yeah. cases. It just says, in all capital letters, it's illegal over a lava lamp. <laughs> and it's got a guy wearing a drug rug, uh-huh. some girl with green hair, a couple okay. fatties. 
<laughs> and then musicians just playing music. Uh-huh. Like no one's no one was even passing weed in the musician scene. And then uh, some dude with a man bun gets into an Uber, you know, taxi or something. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, this is how we're gonna stop traffic deaths. We want zero. Good luck with that. Zero traffic deaths. Uh, you wouldn't even put a dent in it with weed. You know, curbing any kind of weed action. Uh, the way to combat and get to zero traffic deaths is to ban traffic. Mm. Shut down all of the roads that exist. Don't let anybody drive. <laughs> that would be fun to be an outlaw driving a car still when they're banned. Oh, hell yeah. That would be fantastic. You'd have to get like a equipped car to like do road battle as you're driving everywhere. Yeah. That's the life. <laughs> Just give me a flying car, okay? Then to enforce those laws, you'd have to break those laws as a law enforcement. It's fa- it's just <laughs> yeah. like an, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah, you're not gonna get zero. Sorry. Oh, I know. It's like a noble idea, but like, then you take it off of the drawing board and try to put it into the real world, and it doesn't work. Yeah, and the high driving stuff always irritates me. It's just a bit patronizing. But bowlers know that already. It's like you drive high, and ah, oh, the radio's too loud. Yeah, or you feel like you're going really fast and you might not be. Yeah, I, I don't know. The past have always been overly cautious. Yeah. In those type of situations, but hey. Regardless. It, now I'm just like, anytime I'm driving, I'm just driving to the grocery store and back. It's like, you know. Easy not, peasy. Not in high school anymore, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like my bulls right here in my easy chair with nothing to do, nowhere to go. That's right, bulls in the bowl. Yeah. But yeah, so they launched that, of course, for 420 week. They're holding on to it. The, their whole ad has been about drunk driving up until this week. Well, this is the week Series to do of it. Ads. It's the right, uh, you know, it's on theme. Yeah, timely, topical. Speaking of timely and topical, there was an NRA leadership forum last Friday, and Trump spoke at it. Ah. Uh. He brought up how... You know, if he gets inaugurated, he would direct the FDA to investigate possibilities causing the ongoing bout of mass shootings afflicting the country. Because, of course, you can't just blame guns. Of course not. But he said something a little silly that I decided to clip. Furthermore, we have to look at whether common psychiatric drugs as well as genetically engineered cannabis and other narcotics are causing psychotic breaks. A lot of problems. We're having problems that we've never seen before, and people sort of think they understand why. <laughs> the four people tepidly clapping, that was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> psychotic breaks. Yeah, looking into the pharma drugs and shootings, that's a good idea. That's a good place to start for sure. So is he subtly pivoting to genetically engineered weed? Uh, yes. That's Instead what he said. Instead of like, what, regular weed? All weed. Because, uh, I mean, breeders, you know, you gotta, you got to break down what is meant by genetically engineered or genetically modified. I mean, really, selective breeding, you could argue, is, is genetic engineering. It's what you're doing. You're breeding for certain traits. And so, yeah, like, bananas would be inedible without selective breeding. Like, we made them shits edible over time. So, I don't know. When I think... This is the fucking problem with all of these knee-jerk issues and these, like, three-word memes that go around, is then you can 
just totally muddy the waters of everything and just say, oh, GMO. Oh, GMO, oh, bad. And uh, really what's bad in the GMO world are like super specific things like Roundup ready crops that can be then sprayed the shit out of with uh, poisons and the plants don't die, but everything else does, including your dumb ass when you eat it. So I don't know, man. It just, it's one of those things that gets up under my skin, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, weed has been bred to be super bonanzas nowadays. So that like, you know, when you hit a little baddie, you can get pretty zonked and uh, ends up saving money, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be this big thing. Every little fucking thing in our society now has to just be like the end of the goddamn world. Everything's a 10 out of 10 on the alarm factor and like, oh, it's, oh, it's like, like high driving. Like, okay, driving stoned out of your fucking mind is not the best idea. Neither is driving tired. Neither is driving tired. Neither is uh, beating off while you're driving. Neither is having the radio way too goddamn loud. You know? Neither is uh, having exceptionally dirty sunglasses on when you're driving. Or earbuds in. Like, there's so many things that are not the best idea. But to, like, treat them like it's a 10 out of 10 end of the world fucking scenario with every little thing. It's just, like, it's all so tiresome, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like in the grand scheme of things, n- most of this shit is not that big of a deal. Well, it would have been nice if Trump had gone into what he meant by genetically engineered pot. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, is he, ta- is he talking about strains bred for high THC content? What is he talking about? He's just he talking about all pot. He's just reading what the guy wrote for him to say. Likely. You can tell read Trump versus, uh, you know... Off the cuff, we're talking about certain things that I care about Trump, and this is reading Trump. You can mm. he, you can hear it. He's just he's reading what the guy wrote for him. Fair, fair point you've just made. Probably doesn't even give a fuck or know a fuck. No, last time I checked, he always was one of the weed bad okay camp. Yeah, people. I mean, well, he's a known teetotaler. Uh, I know his brother had problems with alcohol and addiction. And died at, at an early age because of it. Uh, Fred Jr., like the the firstborn who was supposed to be like the prodigal son kind of, uh, or not even prodigal, because that's a fuck up that comes back. But just like the son that was supposed to be the one, you know? Yeah. They ended up being the fuck up. Uh, so they, Trump has a well-known, well-documented chip on his shoulder over the whole, you know, drugs and alcohol and... and substance. Substance use. scene. But, uh... I don't know. Comes to weed, you know, think that my position is pretty well known. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weed, man. Oh, speaking of it being just weed, Doll Eyes Cory Booker was <laughs> invited to do a speaker series at a college this past week. And he got a question from a woman in the audience, which I will play for you now. You can probably guess what it's about. I wanted to get back to medical marijuana or legalization rather of, me- of marijuana, something I was absolutely all for. I now have a 21 year old who's grown up with the notion of medical marijuana and can now, it's been legalized now and can get her hands on it, basically the business, the business of marijuana. Short question. 70%, uh, 70% THC levels in vapes, in high schools, kind of hallucinogenic levels, because it is a big, big, big business now. So I kind of want to get your point, uh, a response about yeah. that. 
What? No question there at all. But I thought it was interesting. She's worried about her 21-year-old adult kid. Who's got a weed vape in high schools with 70%. (laughs) Yeah, she's talking about high school. She's all over the place. I like how the guy was like, short, short question, short question. Yeah, this is the end of his uh, speech there. Um, But uh, isn't it just frustrating when you hear mothers like this? Well, this is another fucking example of what I was literally just talking about. Everything's like, you know, five alarms. Everything's like, oh, God, this is the worst. Oh, now you got 70%, 80%, 90% THC and concentrates. Yeah. Oh, you got dabs. Well, you know, I was all for it, but now you got dabs, and, you know, dabs are a real problem. It's like, oh, I was all for ending prohibition, but now you have Everclear, and Everclear is a real problem. Yeah, if you use it like a real asshole, then it is a real problem. You know, I mean, wh- where does it end? Where does it end? You can drink a bottle of mold killer. That's a real fucking problem. Like, you can... Yeah, you can style you know, your hair with Gorilla Glue, but it's not advised. You can be responsible or irresponsible, regardless of what a fucking law says on a book somewhere, turns out. Yeah. Love me a little freedom. Maybe I'm crazy, but... uh you know, actions have consequences. Then you deal with those consequences. But uh, the 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 banning of substances does not erase the consequences, and it does not erase the possibilities. It just it just complicates the bad shit around it. It just adds more layers of bad shit to it. Just further empowers uh, black markets, and further empowers cartels. It further empowers violence and criminality. Instead of legal, responsible adults um, participating in free trade and and freedom of choice of what goes in their bodies. Yeah. I really just felt like instead of asking Cory Booker about his stance on it, maybe she should have turned around and talked to her daughter about her own experiences. You know, hey, you're 21 now. You can go buy weed. What are you into? <laughs> if, if you're that worried about it. I mean, or maybe just like hit the pen one time. Yeah, exactly. Just one time. That's what it, those, th- those pens are designed, if you're doing it right, to just hit one time. Because that's all you fucking need. These, like, guys that take it to the extreme and they do, like, the f- monster one gram plus dabs all at once and all that. It's just, like, so, like, it's just wasteful, man. It's wasteful. Especially because they have a Unless, tolerance you know, built up. Everything in moderation, including moderation. If you're going to do that on a Friday night, you know, and special, it's extra special. Maybe it's 420. I don't know. Whatever, man. More power to you. But it's not like a, a daily thing that you can get into. It's not like a sustainable thing where you're like, all right, I'm going to bust down a gram to the face four times a day. Yeah, that shit heads up. Even in a dollar, it's just not fiscally responsible, like let alone everything else. That's right. Well, I was going to chop up Booker's response to her question, but there was really no way uh, to do it. So I've got the full two minutes here, and I can pause... If you want me to. Okay. Uh, But here is what he had to say. It kind of surprised me as a guy who I know is going to be doing a live stream on 420 talking about the push for federal legalization with Chucky Schumer. Oh, yeah. They're both our guys, right? Mm. Well, let's hear what he had to say for himself. Can't wait. I have the same worries that you are. So the solution to that problem, I don't think, is is, is continuing... I, I know you don't think this either, but I'm just trying to say that, that, that right now, I know that the way of the last 25 years 
is not the way to go because more and more disadvantaged black and brown kids are just being locked up. Take the, it to the race. The question is, is what's the right way to move forward? This is a drug, and I think it's a dangerous drug. Do what? you? Uh, I, I really do. I think what it does, we, I think we haven't studied it enough. I think oh, what's happened to the brain. Oh, fuck um, I will tell you this. I think alcohol is a pretty damn dangerous drug as well. And as a guy who used to run a police department, my calls for alcohol-related accidents, injuries, violence, woo. And so you're talking to a guy, I'll be, I'll be frank with everybody. I've never drank alcohol in my life. And when people ask me about brain health, as a guy that has studied a lot of it, again, I did something really risky called play football. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'm not the right person to preach this. But if you have a child or if you are younger than 25 and you're drinking or smoking pot, you are damaging your brain in ways that will severely affect uh, your mental health, your, the well-being of your, your, your brain. And what people are, the studies and the data now on when you get to be like my age <laughs> and what you've done to yourself, if you've lived that way of regularly smoking drugs, smoking uh, marijuana, I, I just think, why? Why would you do it? Man, I had a very full life of drinking alcohol. It's a variable in my equation. I just never wanted when I was young. Pivotal. And maybe again, it was a, a, a black guy who had a lot of, you know, constantly being stopped by cops. I was like, I don't have as much margins for error as perhaps others do, but <laughs> to me, it just seemed pointless that I need to have fun. So I hear what you're saying, but I will tell you this. I would rather a system that strictly regulates, enforces, does a lot more than I see being done in some jurisdictions uh, to protect kids, especially from accessing this serious drug. I would want a lot more research being done on alcohol and drugs and other things that we seem to uh, have in our society that cause a lot more damage than we're talking about. So, of course, think of the children. I really love how Cory Booker has to remind people that he's a black guy. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Because it's easy to forget, you know, like it's not really obvious. That's true. Those doll eyes, man. Good God. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, po points for same old tired shit ass talking points. And I just love how he just pivots to alcohol. Yeah. This was well, one of my problems with the whole regulate weed like alcohol thing. It's like, let's not, <sighs> they're not the same. Those are two very different substances. Correct. Weed's a plant. Let's just talk about it like a plant. And then he turns to uh, research needed, which is, I have not heard him say this. And oh, it's dangerous. Again, this is another thing that I hadn't heard him uh, say before. He's been on the, we need to legalize. Think right. of the black and brown people. Well, that's the sneaky back end of legalization, you know. Legalize, tax, and regulate. Like, mm, mm. it's like, it's one of those baby steps in the right direction, but it's more like a step forward and two back, you know. Like, exactly. And it's not a free market. And so the step forward is really great, but the two steps back are uh, immoral. <laughs> yep. Sorry. It's just the way that it is. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've, I've been through the whole fucking um, chain. I've been in weed activism for my entire adult life. So I get the whole politically tenable shit, you know? I get why the tomato model doesn't hit the ballot and pass. Unfortunately. But that doesn't change the moral um, correctness of what's no. going on. And the moral uh, compromises you must make in order to roll out a legalized system. It's an imperfect system. And, uh, you know, ending prohibition would accomplish far more good 
than imposing some new legalization just to change the uniforms that the cartel wear. That's right. It's essentially what happens. All we have to do is remove weed from Schedule 1 on the Controlled Substances Act. Bada bing, bada boom, we're done. If you want to protect kids, just be honest with them. Yes. And uh, trying to tell them that weed will ruin your life or your brain is just not an honest statement. Sorry, it's not grounded in honesty. Yeah. Citation needed. I like how he laughed. When you get to be my age, (laughs) what about it? He never drank, but he did play football, so I think that explains a lot. Football, football. Got uh, bumped on the head a number of times. Yeah. I was just surprised he never said the phrase, this isn't your granddaddy's weed. I was waiting for it the whole time. Yeah. Well, again, it's the, it's the whole potency thing that people love to bring up, and we get smacked with this all the time. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it's much more potent. It's a higher potency. And, uh, you know, it's also more clearly labeled, and you can take less of something potent. I mean, it really does harken back to, you're going to drink a can of beer, but if you drink a can of whiskey, if you drink the same 12-ounce serving of whiskey, you're going to get much more smashed, probably puke, have a poor time, unless you have incredible tolerance built up, or unless you pace that out over many hours, right? Yes. The potency example exists with all drugs. It's not some unique, new, weird, mysterious thing with weed. And if you want a more laid-back weed with, like, lower THC percentage, that should be available on the market. And if you want the absolute highest number you can get, most concentrated, get you there really fast with little effort, you should also have that available to you. Clearly labeled. And, uh, yeah. The danger factor, like... If if they put a cap, if they put some kind of THC cap on weed, you could still just get a bunch and smoke it and get that that, that fucking high. There's a certain part where all of your cannab- uh, cannabinoid receptors are occupied, right? So there is like such a thing as the top when you're smoking it. Yep. You can't out. really, yeah. You're just like, there's a certain point where, okay, the rest of these are just going in and out. They're not really doing anything extra. It's a little bit different if you're eating it. Yes. But smoked, like there's a there's a ceiling, frankly. So I don't know. I think that much ado has been made about very little um, in terms of if you really want to use the word danger for what it means, which is like potential to cause direct harm to your body. There's very little danger involved in weed, even if you eat too much. Yep. There's a little bit of psychological danger in that. It will freak you out and you might get afraid and you might get scared and you might forget hey, calm down, it's going to wear off. And that can be very stressful. Incredibly stressful. And that stress could cause you to do something stupid. Yes. Like call the police on yourself or run around or whatever. Going to a hospital but would that's, be a bad that's idea. But that's like a state of panic that you let yourself get into. And I think a lot of that state of panic is further inflamed by this type of rhetoric. If we just all said, hey, look, weed's no big deal. If you eat too much, then you're a dummy. And you didn't pre-plan your dose. You only need about five milligrams if, if you're a newbie starting out. Okay? Five is plenty. Plenty. Start small. Start super small. And the problem is these kids just eat the whole package. They're like, oh, it's not working and keep going. You know? Oh, yeah, when it and takes like an out. hour to set in. And they least. freak out and then they are told they're going to f- f- die and all this shit. And they start to believe that. And yeah. <laughs> they call it poison out. control. If everybody knew you're going to be fine. And hey, dummy, don't eat that much. 
we would be in a lot safer situation just in general as a society. Well, that's why it's up to regular folks to educate everyone, especially their kids. Yeah. Start at home. I think know? so. Again, it comes down to that freedom and personal responsibility. Like you can't have one without the other. They're intertwined. They're fused together. While we're talking about potency, an interesting study came out of Colorado this week. I don't usually bring studies to the poll because I know we're all sick of study after study. Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Man, fuck them studies. Man, f*** them studies. <laughs> well, this study showed that uh, of 23 samples of weed from 10 different dispensaries in Colorado, the majority actually had a lower THC percentage than labeled. And they were looking into this because of these reports coming in of lab shopping where, you know, growers are taking their weed to the lab that's going to give them the highest rated THC percentage because they know there's a market of folks who are looking right. for the highest THC they can get. Yeah. Interestingly, I did have a, a bowler that emailed us. Uh, recently about this. Oh? If I could uh, read this message. Oh, I, I got this a couple weeks ago, and I just have been spacing it out. Uh, but this is from an anonymous bowler who wishes to remain anonymous, who says, uh, Hey, caught a couple of your shows on the NA stream and really appreciate it. Uh, good job. I just caught part of an episode on the 4th of April where you talked about the police getting weed tested and the New York State goober weed ads. I've been selling weed since high school around 2004, have been growing weed and making hash since 08 or so. I want to start by saying that the New York ads at least have their heart in the right place. Lots of people, including people you'd expect to know better, seem to think that highest THC number equals best weed. Mm. Uh, he says it's a shame, but a real thing at a moment. Uh, then he says to get a little more real about the weed DUI thing. One of my best friends spent two years in prison because of the ridiculousness of these rules. We were in our early 20s at that time. He and another friend attended a rainbow gathering and smoked a decent amount of weed over the weekish that they were there. Two or three days after they left the gathering, they were driving on a remote desert road on the Utah-Nevada border. As early 20 folks will do, they got to playing music loud and driving fast. Something went wrong and the vehicle crashed. Both of them were airlifted to a hospital eventually, and the one homie died while the other needed reconstructive surgery on a hip. Mm. During the surgeries, the one friend was found to have THC metabolites in their blood. Of course, we know that those stick around for a month or longer. That's after right. you have uh, ceased smoking because the uh, THC binds to fat molecules and it is fat rather than water soluble. So it stays in the body much longer uh, than most any other drug. Uh, so he was found to have THC metabolites in the blood. They crossed a Utah state legal threshold and were charged with death in a DUI. Oh. Despite the fact that the family of the friend that died testified they didn't believe the driver was at fault and didn't want to press charges, the friend that survived ended up spending two years in prison and another on parole. This dude has never been a smoker. He also doesn't drink. He's actually allergic. I've known him since we were 16, but he spent two years in prison because of a tragic and sober accident uh, because of these archaic laws. Then he ends by saying, cheers, bowlers. Appreciate what you do. Well, we cheer you, bowler. Yeah, thanks and, for that. Yeah, thanks for the story. And but, also, sorry. That's horrible. Yeah, that really sucks. That's a That's a perfect example of a shitty situation that just sucks. Uh, due to being young and dumb and irresponsible, not due to weed, but because of these bullshit laws, everything comes in and enhances the punishment. Enhances the punishment. The punishment 
by the way, was wrecking a fucking car, your best friend dies, and you have reconstructive surgery on your hip. Hello. Yeah, that's already this, punishment. This is the punishment that comes along with personal responsibility when it goes wrong. Often the universe has punishments lined up. Evolution has punishments pre-written for you. How about that? But then the law comes in, and uh, in the name of fucking justice, of all words they like to throw around, you're going to throw him in the slammer for two years after the hip reconstructive surgery, and then another year on parole. How is that? helping how is that aiding anybody it's mind-boggling and this is the kind of stuff that we talk about about like you know we're not it it, it gets really irritating because um you know we'd like to have fun and we don't take ourselves too seriously but uh we do advocate the end of prohibition rather than just a bunch of extra laws which is a different kind of prohibition that they call legalization exactly we would rather be personally free and personally responsible for the decisions that we make like adults like america was supposed to be and that doesn't mean we want to just go fucking wild all the time right we advocate right step by step if the left foot is freedom the right foot is personal responsibility and you can't walk anywhere without both of them so yeah i mean it's a tragic uh, example but he did start that out with the story about everybody looking for big thc number equals best weed and you know, um, I think a lot of people are in that simpleton mentality. It's it's a little bit different than, say, alcohol, right? Alcohol, you know the proofage, and you've got a pretty, um, a pretty consistent behavior across the different drinks. Now, of course, there are people who are like, well, you know, I can do bourbon, but tequila makes me make bad decisions. Or, you know, things like this. There could be extra layers popped on top of this, but like, in the weed world, we have sativa, indica, hybrids. We have terpenes, all kinds of terpenes. We have a whole cannabinoid profile that THC is just kind of the, the crown on top of. Uh, but there's a lot more going on. Also, Way more. Did you smoke it? Did you eat it? Did you, you know, vape it? There's a lot more um, different types of ingestion. So that makes it a little bit more complicated. So... Definitely THC is not the one and deciding only factor. And to get back to your story about these, you know, tests at high THC and then all the weed tested is uh, less, I would actually expect, personally, I would expect that to be pretty much universal. Given that, uh, you know, the weed has been harvested and cured and then tested. Now, there's this thing going around where we've been talking about where you have to be tested 30 days before harvest. Yes. And so that's a scenario where you don't know what the fucking end result of the THC is going to be at that point. You can test it 30 days before harvest and there's nothing there and then turn around a month later and it's a pretty high potency. Yeah. But if you're taking a cured bud and you're going to test it in a lab and then you're going to take it anywhere for any additional amount of time, even if it's in a nice jar, humidity controlled, even if it's in, you know, kept out of direct sunlight, it's going to slightly break down over time, even in the perfect scenarios. I would always expect there to be less THC the second test if the first test was done after the curing process takes place. I would always expect that. So to me, that's not really... Now, how much is it down by? That's what I was just going to get into. That might come into not just fudging labs, but also 
how are you storing it? How are you preserving it? You know, do you let people open the lid and smell it? Um, do you keep it, you know, in a dark container that doesn't hit, get sunlight? You're like, there's a lot of different factors at play there. Definitely. Even how it was packaged, because it's going to be packaged after this, these lab tests. Yeah, that's right. Three samples were 50% lower than what was on the label. That's very significant. Yeah. But 70% were 15% or lower. Okay. And 15%, you know, that does make sense to me yeah. for a second test round. I, I would I would see it losing a bit of its THC content, especially given how it's stored. You know, it kind of depends on how it's stored. And then how is the second test administered? Like, there's just so many variables. That's yeah. hard to draw a conclusion. And then even the 50% drop, like, if you go from a 28 to a 14... 28 is pretty nasty potency, but 14 isn't anything to sneeze at. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would take this one with a grain of salt. <laughs> it is an interesting study, though, to think about, like, the implications of it. Yeah. Of course, they're, uh, you know, they come down to some talking points at the end. Sure. And they talk about, you know, there's a financial incentive to market high THC potent weed that's playing out right now uh there's limited regulatory oversight which is such an eye roller and a lack of standardized testing protocols that people sure. can shop different laboratories and get different results from the nugs that they sent in or you know what if nug to nug is different you know this is another scenario where it can go two ways and it's clear they're trying to push it towards some kind of centralized trusted Exactly. Sort of source of truth tester, right? Which is one way to take it. Which is like, okay, well, uh, we have to make a standard guy. And so then there's one single point of failure that, you know, if you talk about a incentive to jack the numbers up, well, now there's one big guy that has one big incentive to help certain people out, maybe pick winners and losers, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. All kinds of potential for corruption. The other way, and uh, the only way to really solve it, and it might be unfortunate, and it might be difficult, and it might be roll your eyes, oh, this is a pain in the ass. Testing it yourself. Yep. Testing it yourself. Testing it yourself and seeing, oh, how much did it drop? Oh, how accurate is this? Oh, when I buy brand B, it's always what it says on the package. But when I buy brand A, oh, it's usually a crapshoot. Oh, well, I'm going to probably buy brand B from now on. That's the whole idea of like a fully informed consent in a free market. Um, now you shouldn't obviously be able to outright, outright lie on your package knowingly, but I think there's like a lot of different factors that could be at play. Yeah. And the only way to fairly sort that out is if you got your own test. Or, again, might not be a five alarm fire. Like, uh, you know, did I get high? I'm probably okay. Is it weed? Good. I wouldn't probably test my own weed. No. And these, I've looked at test kits, you know, and it's like $15,000 right now. There's no, you know, oh, for shit. the home testing kit that I've found. Like a machine you can run like endless uh, samples through. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just frustrating. As a participant of the free market that has always existed, <laughs> sure. also known as the black market uh, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Advertising. Is it weed? Good. You know, like, there's good weed and, I don't know, all, it's not, it's just weed. Hey, it's just weed. And once you get into weed, you become 
very quickly able to tell the good shit from the bad shit. Yeah. And when something's up or not, you know? I mean, there's bags I got that I took one hit and was like, no, I can't do the rest of this. Something's amiss here. Yep. And, and it wasn't because somebody put fentanyl in it. No. You know? Sometimes you get, like, mold in there. Mold, yeah. Which you can see and smell and taste most times. If it's in there enough uh, to be, like, a factor, then you definitely can. But, uh, I don't know, I digress. It's like, people should pull more of that into their own hands. Yes. There's too much faith being put into the labels. It's like always the government's job, you know, to save you from all the things that could go bad. Well, it turns out, like, once you're born, there are a lot of things that could go bad. And uh, most of the onus is on you to build a good life. And you don't want to be directly taken advantage of, but you don't need bumpers on the lanes, you know? It's, mm-hmm. like, I think personally pretty bad in, uh, from an evolutionary standpoint. Yeah. Because, like, like I said, the universe has consequences for some of these things that are now removed. A lot of things. And I don't think that society is getting better as a result of that. No. No. With all the white padded walls everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's nerfed, you know? Exactly. Everything is nerfed. Everything's nerfed and it's somebody else's fault. Well, my next story is from the DEA, which has proposed a new rule on cannabimimetic agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, which were defined in the Synthetic Drug Abuse Prevention Act of 2012 under Obama, who did not legalize weed. What? Or what? repeal prohibition. Oh, that's uh, that's all the reason I voted for Obama. Well, that's why I voted for Obama. We can legalize weed. <laughs> now, cannabimimetic agents are substances controlled under Schedule One uh, that are agonists to the cannabinoid receptor type 1. Um, and there's 26 synthetic cannabinoids and cathinones, which are part of the amphetamine family, like bath salts, Woo! currently listed. The DEA, of course, wants to add more. They've got 18 more, in fact, that they feel meet that definition. Oh. And then they want to consolidate them under a single drug code so that this just eases their job, lump it in here, and they... Cited two that they'd like to pull out so that it's not under the drug code. The first was JWH-018, which I looked up. It's a spice or K2. And the next was AM-2201. They want to move those to the hallucinogens paragraph of Schedule 1. Oh, God. So that they can retain the existing drug codes. Now, (laughs) the character who proposed this rule, his last name is Booze. Booze. Like a ghost said, Boo. Oh, okay. Multiple times. Yeah. Plural Ter- of boo. Booze. Yeah. Terrence L. Booze. And I thought that was a great spook name. <laughs> booze is not a spook. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the Drug and Chemical Evaluation Section of the Diversion Control Division of the DEA. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will list, I can list all the 18 substances in the show notes, um, but it's a lot of the AMs these uh, designer drugs under the AM label, and then some JWHs. Hmm. So Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it goes back to my uh, herbal incense conversation from last poll. I think a lot of these. Mm-hmm. They call them designer drugs, but that's a little misleading. You... Makes them sound fancy and expensive. Yeah, exactly. Really, they're just dog shit. 
It's just wannabe weed. Wouldn't exist uh, outside of the scope of prohibition. Exactly. They made they made all these dangerous alternative drugs that are just sprung out of loopholes because you can't smoke weed, so now you can smoke trash instead that like is marketed as weed. Literal potpourri. A bag of some not grass that that tells you on it not to smoke it, (laughs) and so you go home and do. Uh, Yeah, this is this is the result of prohibition, people. This is what you get under prohibition. It's horrible. You get no more plant medicines. You know, the ones God made and gave to us. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why they're here. Even if you think uh, evolution made them and gave them to us, like, there's pretty much no difference practically once that's executed on the other side of that equation. Yep. But we have fucked it up with prohibition. Definitely. And the only way to unfuck it up is to end that. By repealing it, not stacking new laws on top yeah. of it and complicating it even more and making new crimes. Perpetuating the need for loophole shitty substances and alternatives like this. Yeah. Gray market. So great. Yeah. Hmm. The National Institute on Drug Abuse is seeking narcs, I mean, public comments on the free market. <laughs> so they want anyone and everyone to email them and talk about the illicit drug market of their area and how it interacts with other drug markets. You know, like, does your weed dealer sell you other things or offer you other things? And what's the street price of that going for right now? How much do you usually buy? And also, they have put an emphasis on the dark web. This is their words, not mine. The dark web. They want information there, man. And cryptocurrency platforms. With a dash between crypto and currency. And also selling and buying drugs on online or mobile applications. Their goal here is to enact evidence-based strategies to interrupt or prevent these illicit marketplaces. Jeez. I say good luck with that. Yes. Well, anytime you get a hold of this video, uh, you can just... I don't have to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. I don't have to. I don't have to. I'm not going to tell you. I don't have to tell you. I have to tell you. I don't have to tell you. I have to tell you. I don't have to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. Just wait. Donald Trump ransom raves. Yeah. I don't have to tell you. The theme of the bowl. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh. Shut the fuck up every day. Just shish, shish. Speak amongst yourselves and uh, don't fill out a survey. Or email the NIDA <laughs> or any alphabet soup agency. My hey, goodness. guy, we noticed you might smoke at the marijuana. Is that true? How much? About how much? Who do you get it from? Who's your guy? Who's your guy? What does he have? Does he have other stuff? Where does he live? Where's your guy live? Horrible. Totally anonymous. Totally anonymous survey. You can tell us anything, buddy. Fingers crossed they get rickrolled holy moses send him the place boying video over and over and over please (laughs) yeah (laughs) well did you know that it's illegal to feed hemp seed cakes to cattle (laughs) no i know it's crazy is that like some kind of thing that's enforced i guess Well, it's because the uh, final determination and approval for the legal use of hemp products and animal feed Remain with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, which mm. sits around and doesn't do anything about these things because they love that power. Sure, of course. You cannot do that because we have not said anything about it. No, we said no because uh, we haven't said yes yet. Exactly. So, a group of scientists 
decided to do a little experiment to see if all the fears about feeding hemp seed cake to cows were rational or not. Because the fear here is that you eat beef that ate hemp of some sort and you're going to get high. You're going <laughs> to pop THC on your next drug test. Okay. You're going to have CBD in your system when you didn't expect it because you just had a little hamburger. And to be clear, this is like the hemp fucking stocks they make shirts out of and stuff. It's like... Hemp seed. It's hemp seed. It's the <laughs> shit you can get at uh, it's less Whole Foods and Aldi, right? And like eat them like pumpkin seeds or sesame seeds. It's hemp seeds. Yes, exactly. That's there's what no I'm age check. There's no getting high. There's no feel. You know, there's nothing. I mean, the definition of hemp under federal law with the Farm Bill of 2018, of course, is 0.3% THC or less. Right. That's what we're talking about here. Right. And what did they find? The cow ate the hemp seed cake. Everything was great. And when folks consumed that cow, there was incredibly low concentrations of CBD or THC, 10 parts per billion in the fat, but not in uh, the liver, kidney, or skeletal muscle of the cow. So they're they're testing the cow. Well, it's fat-soluble, so that makes nothing but sense. Where else is it going to go? That's the only place it goes. Yep. And so, of course, they say it would be incredibly difficult for a human to consume enough of the cow to... uh, Pop positive on a test. <laughs> yeah. And th- with the wonders and beauties of uh, PCR testing, you can find molecules inside of big chunks of steak. <laughs> yep. You're like, hey, there's a few molecules of uh, THC in here. Incredible. Ten per million. <laughs> Billion. <laughs> Ten per billion. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Might as well not even be there. Exactly. It's a joke that they uh. can't feed cows hemp of any sort. Again, that's the it's the five alarm thing. It's uh it's all or nothing. Everything is a hundred percent or zero percent. Oh we used to be huge hemp producers. Yeah, that's correct. Hemp for victory. Hemp for victory got us out of World War II in part. So um, Yeah, you know. That's ignorant. Uh feed your cows plants. Yeah. They graze on grass. I so mean, oh fair. my goodness, it's grass man. Highly controversial now to feed a cow plant. Uh, plaintiffs in the case regarding gun rights for medical weed patients Mm -hmm. have filed a new brief challenging, uh, you know, what the DOJ said in their last filing. They were seeking a dismissal of the case, saying, well, there's exceptions carved out for who can have guns in this country and, you know, raving drunkards and alcoholics. Little children or or whatever, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the mentally ill. Mentally ill. And these people fall in there because they're breaking federal law. <laughs> so the God first damn it. part of this brief that was filed is just, hey, the applicants here, the medical patients, are within the people mentioned in the Second Amendment. Let's go back to the Second Amendment. Shall not be infringed. Yeah. I mean, I, that's really where it should just end, don't you think? Yeah. But, of course, you know, Supreme Court cases and such... But, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, they've eroded away the original freedom we had. Yep. And we'll continue to do so. It's not like we're getting that shit back. Yeah. You know? Uh, the Department of Justice had said in their filing that people on weed are going to be dangerous. They're more likely to have domestic violence, which oh, citation needed again. That's like straight out of the 30s William Randolph Hearst stuff. Yeah. The... <laughs> 
the hundred year old fake news. Exactly. But they put it in their court filing. You I'm know? sure they did. So to jack the plaintiffs had to come back and argue against it all. And they've got great court cases cited here and everything. And well, I hope they do well and continue to do well, but yeah, keep fighting. Yeah, we can't we can't lose anymore, you know. We've already the 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 tatters of freedom that we have left, it's like, you know, freedom is yours if you take it and uh, otherwise it will be taken from you. Yeah, I just can't believe reefer madness is still a mentality. It's insane. It's insane. They all but say like, "Oh yeah, they, you're liable to chop up your family with an axe," you know, like they right. used to say in the 30s with the reefer madness shit. Yeah, I mean, it's ramped up with it's, legalization. It's, it's the same tone and the same message, you know. It's maybe like a little bit more couched, but it's saying the same thing. Domestic <laughs> violence. Come and on. in my mind, you get in an argument, you're with your spouse, you hit the chillum. And then you have a laugh about it. Yeah. And then you make a snack and you eat together and everything's fine. And you can just move on and be well and happy. Many such cases. <laughs> and not escalate the situation more. Yeah. Oh, well. In Arizona, Governor Katie Hobbs signed a bill clarifying the allocations of all the legal weed revenue. So when they passed legalization in 2020 under Prop 207, they earmarked 33% of the money from sales tax uh -oh. and dispensary fees and penalties for city police, sheriffs, and firefighters. And this bill just says, okay, and the amount that each of them is going to get will be based on the number of staff each agency has enrolled in its public safety pension system. So, you know, a small town will still get money but not as much as a city. Ah. Ah, well. It's that uh, House of Representatives version rather than the Senate version. Yep, exactly. In Arkansas, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed a bill to restrict Delta-8 THC products. The loopholes, man, they eventually uh, uh, get stomped out. Yeah. Yep. So this prohibits the sale of any hemp products with over 0.3% THC of any kind, not just oh, Delta 9. 8, 9, 10. All of them. Is it THC? Is yeah, it over 0.3%? Illegal. Mm. You know, I will say that the Delta 8 and Delta 10 products that I've had are uh, so damn close to plain-ass weed that I've had many, many times over uh, over my life. And when you compare it to the other loopholes that have come in the past such as Spice K2, all the other bullshit, uh, or even just plain CBD products themselves. It's a, it's a way superior product. Much cleaner. Yeah. Never had any issues. You can actually get a nug. You're and like, it smells of, like weed. All of the issues that come up that you find reported, like they're few and far between, and they all read the same as just the regular weed ones do, where basically people freak out and go to the hospital or call the cops on themselves or do some other dumb shit. Someone ate too many gummies. Gets Get too blazed on too many edibles. Yep. Which can, ha you know, can happen on a lot of other things too. Yeah. So that's just running into something without doing any research. <laughs> this bill uh, that Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed though had some grossness hidden in it. It's not, I mean, banning all these THC products is gross already, but this now requires hemp growers to get a yearly license, which is going to cost them $5,000 a year. 
even though, of course, hemp is federally legal, 50 state legal, and it forbids candy references and cartoon figures of any sort on hemp products. Now, a lot of the hemp products I've seen are very classy. Sure. You know, just like anything you would see at a uh, a pharmacy, I suppose. Yeah, they're like on-trend, ready-for-Instagram-type designs. Yeah, sleek and chic. Yeah. But there's a few uh, you know, gummies out there and stuff that have fun. Sure. And, of course, there's been... That's illegal. Fun is uh, only geared toward children. Once you become an adult, you're no longer allowed to have fun or think fun thoughts or uh, buy fun products. It needs to look like something you would uh, pick up at the pharmacy. Unless it's Play-Doh or Lego. We'll we'll market that to you as an adult, but... Don't forget coloring books. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's that... I don't know. I can't explain it. It's frustrating, It's the grand adult exception when it comes to anything you can smoke. Like what? We're not allowed to be uh, kidults when it comes to weed? That doesn't make much sense. Yeah, they want to keep you a kidult everywhere else. Weed's pretty kidultish in general. In Delaware, Governor John Carney is facing a deadline to act on two bills on his desk, one for legalization and the other for regulating it. The deadline is between April 22nd and the 26th. So last year, he had a legalization bill on his desk that he vetoed. But these proposals passed with more than enough support to potentially override him if he decides to go that route again. The legalization bill says, of course, it's 21 plus. This is the magic number. I haven't seen any states with 18-year-olds being able to buy pot. No. Uh, No gifting, meaning I can't go buy a t-shirt and get some weed with it at a store. To, you know, skirt licensing is how that always works. No public consumption. Lame. No home grow. That's my biggest problem with this. Yeah. And all legalization bills that roll out. If you don't have home grow, then come What's on. What's the point? Well, you know what the point is. The money I making. Definitely the know Penalties. The yeah, they're making money. Locking people up still. New crime. And... If you're under 21 and get caught with weed, you're going to face a civil penalty up to $100 on your first offense. But it does say in the bill, police can use discretion and choose to issue a citation. I hate that. Punish kids. I mean, they don't want to they don't want to change any law without retaining all of this ability and authority to punish, punish, punish. They still want to be able to punish. That's why it's legalization instead of ending prohibition. Yep. They want to punish. They want to choose win- winners and losers. They want to say, okay, you can sell and you can't. You can grow and you can't. You have too much and you're coming with me. Yeah. The regulation bill lays out that the Division of Alcohol and Tobacco Enforcement will regulate the market through a new Office of Marijuana Control Commissioner. Oh, hooray. And in the first 16 months, they'll be able to give out a whopping 30 retail licenses. <laughs> wow. of the business fee revenue will go to a justice reinvestment fund, which, you know, means cops are going to get a lot of a chunk of that. That's that's a typical big recipient of the of the tax windfall. Yep. Enforcement and veterans. You know, veterans actually get left out of a lot of them. That's a very Missouri thing. You might be right about that. Uh, They're carving out social equity in micro business licenses although there weren't many details on it yet. 
And they say localities can choose to prohibit weed businesses, and they're going to slap a big fat 15% sales tax on it all. Whoa. Yep. This just in from the tax. Wow. I am really high. Really high. Yeah. But that's what you get. (laughs) It's legal, though, so, you know, we love it. Yeah, go spend your hard-earned cash. We jump up and down because, yay. And scan your ID on the way. In Illinois, the Department of Public Health (laughs) is in a little trouble because they found out that some employees made a yearbook of medical weed patient photos with mocking captions. Wow. Yeah, this came up in an audit. Of course, you know, that's all supposed to be private, confidential information when you apply for a license. Yeah. They snapped back and said, hey, these were all photos that didn't get approved. Like one was literally a picture of a jar of weed. And the caption was, I am what I smoke. Because someone wanted that on their medical card license. Oh, so it was just put in and rejected or whatever? Yeah, it was all rejected photos. Okay. Which makes this a little bit more frustrating to me that they're getting in, that people have lost their job over this incident. Ugh. Because they kept the yearbook in a break area, you know? And someone was a whistleblower and called in Mm -hmm. when the... Head honcho, the then chief of the medical cannabis division, uh, decided to print one of these photos and put it in there. Someone you know, rang the bell, mm-hmm. made the call. Reminds me of the shit Tesla's going through right now. Enlighten me. Where uh, they're internally, sh- they got caught internally sharing like different uh, uploaded images from the Teslas. Oh, like right. employees because they have access to it. Yeah. People banging in the cars. Heard this from Sir. I think it was on No Agenda, and Sir, Sir Bimrose talked about it. Yeah. Angry Tech News, either today or last week. Oh, well, you know, I'm supposed to cover those little That's, cameras up. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be private, you know. Oh. Well. You you got to know a little bit what you're getting into when there's a camera pointed at you. Yeah. As unfortunate as it is. Now these yeah. employees, they said the yearbook was just you know funny and it was supposed to lighten up the mood and. Sure. Uh, the auditors, of course, didn't think that. Yeah, so. there's the... It sucks, man. That's like a two-sided thing. Like, I don't think that it escalates to the point of, like, fire people and, like, ruin their lives and, you know, zero <laughs> tolerance type thing. I think everybody deserves a second chance for the most part in something that's, like, non-heinous like this, you know? Like, it's like, oh, this is a mean thing to do and very unprofessional, right? Yeah. And it's embarrassing to have this found out. And then everybody looks at you and you're like, oh, look, those, those are the dickweeds that make fun of us. Well, the rub came because the chief didn't put an end to it, you know? Ah, uh, well. It was in the break area. He saw it. He didn't take any action to curtail the behavior. In fact, he participated in it. Okay. But what bugs me is he's not the only one that lost his job, you know? Then they had, they asked everyone, like, who did this? Who participated? And fired a bunch of them. Uh, and the ones that didn't lose man. their job uh, got temporary temporarily suspended and have to take a training on sensitive information. Sure. Well, I mean, that would be something more akin to some, like a punishment I think is draconian, but more reasonable. Yeah. You know, say, all right, well you got busted. You're, you're done for a couple weeks while you learn your lesson. Take this course about how to keep stuff sensitive and don't do it anymore. And then come back. And then, like, you start back with, like, not exactly a clean slate, but forgiveness, you know? Yeah. 
having a physical yearbook that they I mean they were printing photos idea, out dude. and putting them in there. It's like, okay, just yeah. rack up evidence against yourself. You got also on the other hand, just to play devil's advocate, say that like uh if you're dumb enough to do that, it's questionable whether you're like competent enough to hold that job. Employment material at at a certain firm, you know? They're gonna be like, uh eh. kind of a liability. Yep. So I don't know. I always try to be very measured at work and in work interactions, man. Yeah. I even when we joke, because we joke around, but I'm like, eh, you gotta like wrap it in context. You'd be like, well, I was thinking about making a joke like this, but I decided not to do that joke because uh could be taken the wrong way. And then you still get to make the joke, but then also like it's impossible to screenshot that out of context. Yes. Cause you didn't make the joke. Be like, uh, excuse me, it says right here I did not make that joke. I <laughs> thought about doing it and then I did not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Boom, uh, airtight. There was a little kerfuffle in New Jersey this week with Kiraleaf. Um, the, an article came out last week when there was a meeting <laughs> where the weed board decided they weren't going to renew Kiraleaf's licenses. And then, of course, there was a huge protest from all the employees and the CEO coming out saying, why, we follow all the rules, you know? Like... Everything, we're in good standing. Sure. So the board held another meeting, which lasted a total of seven minutes. <laughs> Speed and round. reversed course on it. Okay. So wow. they decided. <laughs> Stupid. Originally, the, their reasoning for saying you can't operate here anymore is uh, because I guess they weren't letting their employees uh, unionize. Mm. And... In New Jersey legalization law, it specifically lays out labor provisions for weed companies to follow, including maintaining a labor peace agreement and uh, bargaining yeah. for a contract within 200 days once workers vote to unionize. So New Jersey's got to be the most mobbed up state, man. <laughs> definitely. Like, oh, hey, uh, you don't let no union. Uh. Cureleaf now has to provide evidence by a meeting in, on June 1st okay. uh, that it's bargaining with union employees in good faith. Uh, they have to attest under oath to its activities and tactics, mm -hmm. produce records regarding plans to modify its operations in New Jersey, and provide information on hiring employees and vendors that meet certain criteria. And that's a quote, certain criteria. Oh, so, certain hmm, criteria. Okay. And if not, uh, they can face some penalties and maybe have those renewed licenses revoked as originally laid out. Mm. But it was such a flip-flop. <laughs> that was five licenses. They're like, no, nope, you're not getting these five licenses renewed. What? Just kidding. Yeah, you're you're good. Just, you know, do these things by June 1st. Just make sure you run the compliance, capiche? Yeah. I thought for sure it was going to have something to do with Russia. <laughs> They're ready for the Russia thing. Just down the road a little ways. Yeah, it's on the back burner yeah. for now. Oh, dude was driving a semi in New York, and it struck an overpass. Oops. So he pulled over into a Walmart, climbed on top of the trailer, and discovered that, can you believe this? He was moving a bunch of weed, and he had no idea about it. Oh, I hate it when that happens. So he called the cops to report his findings of uh, what was in the uh, truck he was driving. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep, storage totes just filled with weed. And uh, when the top peeled off, 
by hitting that overpass, I guess it, you know, cut open some of the storage totes, so there were some weeds spilling out. Oh, God. Cops showed up. Cops are going to show up either way at that point, huh? Yeah. Shit, and you got to just get your story straight. They found uh, over 750 pounds in that semi. Damn. And say it's unclear who concealed the pot in the back of the truck. In the truck there, that is. Um, and when the driver climbed up onto the top, he cut his hand. So he did have to be treated by the fire department on site. But he's okay. Whoops. I just think this is interesting. Always mind your clearance uh, out there. Yeah. Mm-mm. I did not know that you might not be aware of what's in your load. Sure. Well, I mean, you just hook the thing up and you don't always get visual inspection of everything inside there. I don't know. Yeah, just a bunch of storage totes. No, the Rev would know a lot more about it. Yes. Yeah, there's bullers with some serious expertise in this area. Mm -hmm. Fletcher would be another example. Yeah. We got truckers out there on the road. That's right. Previous and current. Good news from Tennessee, the five children taken away from their parents when they were pulled over for tinted windows and coasting in the left lane, they're back home it's in Georgia. It's in the right direction after all. Yeah. They only had to spend two months in foster care. Oh split up. All five of them split up. They did finally reconvene into a, a home with a family friend. Thank goodness. Yeah, I remember that update. <sighs> so... They're celebrating in Georgia now. They're going to return to Nashville for a celebration and a little PR event, I guess. Okay. Um, which I'm like, why would you want to go back to Tennessee after Bring this? escorts, leave the kids at grandma's in, yes. in Georgia. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I would go, but I wouldn't bring my kids ever again. Definitely. Um, now, Fuck. I did notice that the family and their attorney had stopped making public comments for a little while. And mm -hmm. I guess it's because... Uh, the DCS attorneys, or in the Department of Child Services attorneys, filed motions for prosecution and sanctions against them after they started sharing details about the juvenile oh, yeah. court proceedings. I bet they had a bunch of egg on their face. Mm-hmm. Booty hooty hoo. Yeah, using that hair follicle test that actually cannot be used in court because it's so unreliable. Yeah. And there's a gag order still in effect. So we're not getting any... Stories from them, yeah, but I guess uh, maybe the celebration will be, like, past the time that that is in effect. I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah, what a mess, but I'm very relieved that those kids are back with their parents because nothing stresses me out more than stories of child abduction. Tell me about it, man. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Now, down in Texas, as expected, Bell County is suing the city of Killeen over their decriminalization ordinance because it violates the state constitution. And allegedly, only the legislature can suspend a law hmm. in Texas. The voters cannot. So, see you in court. That'll and be a fun one. That's where the final determination will come out. Usually the county is like the top dog law enforcement level. Yeah. As... They can keep the feds out and the cities in check if they, like, fully flex the sheriff thing, but. I know, they're all just bowing out. Oh, the state, it's illegal in the state, though. Yeah, everyone wants to point the finger at another guy and then say, you know, it's not me, just doing the job, just these are the laws, my hands are tied, you know. Decriminalization rolled out pretty easy in, say, Columbia, Missouri. Sure. You know? 
I just passed and was good. Decrim should have no friction whatsoever to it, man. They just want to keep their arrest numbers up, pad their stats. So, know, but they still like, get gross. to collect fines. Yeah. Fines, yeah. stack them up. Yeah. <sighs> well, you know. Um, In Virginia, the governor, Glenn Youngkin, signed a bill that restricts hemp products. This is very confusing to me. It now requires hemp products to have a 25 to 1 CBD to THC ratio. Okay. So in this article, a lot of the hemp producers and hemp shop owners are like, well, I guess we're leaving Virginia if things don't change. Right. It's going to make shit expensive. (laughs) Yeah. And just totally limit your product selection. It's dumb. There's no reason for it. Originally, in this bill, the bill wanted to add a bittering agent to all the hemp products. What the Make fuck? it yucky. <laughs> These people are insane, dude. But it was nixed from its final form. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, you can get jello shots, but don't you dare buy a weed gummy. My God. It might taste good. Oh, well. In Washington, Governor Jay fucking Inslee has a bill on his desk to allow interstate pot commerce. Oh, boy. Yeah, California and Oregon already have some uh, laws on the book that allow cross-border trading, which is interesting. So we'll see if he signs it or not. He also has a bill on his desk to create a therapeutic psilocybin program, which would... uh, Create three new state bodies to prepare for broader legal access. Prepare for access. Mm-hmm. More boards. <laughs> yeah. Thank God there's boards to regulate it. Yeah. That's all I've got for Behind the Curtain tonight, wow. though, but I am excited for 420 and all the happenings. Oh, yeah, totally. Just waiting. This is going to be a poo-poo platter of news. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week who knows it's always an exciting time in the uh, <laughs> bull cycle let's say um every night's an exciting time though when you've got the reverend cyber trucker on your side that's sir rev to you uh he hit us with a new metal moment hell yeah and of course it's cover month so let's see if he's got it covered <laughs> In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Body Count is an American heavy metal band formed in Los Angeles in 1990. The group was co-founded by rapper Ice-T and his lead guitarist Ernie C out of their shared interest in heavy metal music. Body Count's 1992 self-titled debut album was released on Sire Records and garnered a lot of attention due to the controversy around the song Cop Killer. Fast forward to 2014, and Body Count covered the song Institutionalized by Suicidal Tendencies, updated with different lyrics to reflect current social issues. From the 2014 album Manslaughter, this is Body Count, Institutionalized, 2014. I came home from work the other day. I was tired. I just wanted to sit back in my big chair and play a little Xbox. You know, relax. 
telling me I play too much Xbox. I said, what the fuck do you mean? This is just how I relax. Can I just play a little Xbox? Then she says, I saw an Oprah today that guys that play video games don't love their wives. I'm like, motherfucking bitch, fuck Oprah. You have an anger problem. Maybe you need some help. I'm like, bitch, call the police now. Gonna be institutionalized. You come out, brainwash, bloodshot eyes. You won't have anything to say. They'll brainwash you, TC, they way. I'm not crazy. Institution. You're the one that's crazy. Institution. You drive me crazy. Institution. They put me in the institution. Said it was the old solution to give me the professional help to save me from the enemy myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you gotta stop calling the cops, dude. You're acting like a little child, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bitch, call the cops now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. A fantastic take in a different direction. You'll love it. Get yourself a wife that don't give a fuck about Oprah. Or Xbox. And yeah. one that will also get you a Pepsi. <laughs> yes. Couch co-op. Couch co-op. No doubt. No doubt. Uh... Thanks, Rev. That was a stellar one. A great wife will um, play Borderlands with you while romantically entwined. This is true. For more than an hour. For more than two. For however long it takes to get to that next uh, big boss. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe just finish the game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, Well, speaking of finishing the game, uh, there are many bowlers that have finished the game... We like to call uh, first time I ever, and it's uh, the, 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 the first time. The, 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 the first time I ever. Every week, new thing. Uh, same voicemail number six zero seven three six six three. That's in the great eight one six of Kansas City. And uh, although someone did neglect, I just noticed to update the chat for ages and ages. It still says that we're live with Manager Jones tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it must be uh, some certain week of the year or something. I can't uh, imagine what's going on in here. Where am I? Uh, but this week... We're talking about the first time I ever got a tattoo this week. That's right. Just like a tattoo, we'll always have you, bowlers. And uh, I have our first caller here, ready to rock. Bowl after bowl. Bum, bum. Hi, Spencer. Hi, Lorian. Hi. How art thou doing today? Pretty good. Great. Guess what today is? Uh, it's a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Get a double dose of you guys to this week. That's right. Uh, was listening to Behind the Schemes, finished that up a little earlier, and uh, they're talking about how you guys got a special episode for... Uh, I guess 420 in the community has something to do with that marijuana yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. you guys got a little uh, bowl, bowl with buds going. That's right. You may have heard That's of it. it. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday, because today's 18th. Anyway, uh, what was that question? Oh, yeah, that's right. My tramp stamp. I mean, Tatties. my tattoo. Tattoo. Tattoos. Yeah, first tattoo. It was my tramp stamp. I mean, oh. We talked about. I talked about it. I remember the tramp the last, stamp. Uh, vocal mail, I believe. You're a tramp stamp champ. Anyway, 
And, uh, yeah, I got my, my lower back, also known as my tram stamp, and it just says accidentally. That way, in case, you know, prison should come about, it's clear. <laughs> He's ready. Pre-labeled. So, yeah, that's all. Well, we'll keep it a little short of this time for once. So, <gasps> all right. Appreciate you guys. No way. And, uh, it is a weird week. So, all right. Oh, actually, we'll just throw in a question for you guys. Uh, you guys doing a garden or anything like that? I know you guys got the chickens, but I don't know if you guys were into the gardening. Uh, well, I started one last year, and then uh, I'm actually going to go work and try to build out an area and, and uh, do a little expand the plot, if you will. She's got like a hundred some odd seeds going, and so we're planting, and so we're going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks, getting those in the ground. But they're just in little pots and stuff like that. So anyway, just curious. All righty. Love you guys. Stay dangerous, and you know what to do. Say that. Ka-ka. We are into gardening. Yeah. I always do a garlic of some type, and uh, usually tomatoes. And we're trying to aim for some cukes and some uh, watermelon this year, too. And carrots. Carrots. Carrots are on the menu. When we first moved here... Boy, we planted, like, 50 different things. Yeah. We went crazy. We did at the beginning. And then uh, sort of neglected the weeding. <laughs> right. And But it was still awesome to see what sprouted. Definitely. Despite the neglect. We had a little teeny baby carrot. Mm-hmm. Cukes were good. Tomatoes were fine. Peppers. Oh, yeah, we always do, like, the hot peppers. Yep. Had some That's true. Basil sprinkled Smoked in the tomato. a lot of them, too. Bed. Yeah, yeah. Smoked down peppers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just glossed over. And I did not mean to because it's bold here. It's just a different uh, logo is why I missed it. But we did get a call last night right after the cutoff uh, that I wanted to revisit. Oh, last bowl, you mean? Last bowl. Did I say last night? You did. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, I meant last Tuesday night. I heard about this podcast from my buddy John Redcorn, who's been known to occasionally smoke the marijuanas. Oh, yes. He told me you guys were asking about the first time I ever had a had something up my butt. Well, gosh dang it. I was at the aquarium this one time, and this, this dolphin raped me. There, <sighs> I said it. <laughs> Unbelievable. It ain't right. I tell you what, that ain't right. <laughs> It's a little after midnight, and those dolphins ain't right. They ain't right at all, I'll tell you what. Well, thanks for sharing and bearing your soul, caller. And I'm sorry we missed you uh, in the last the last roll call. The last bowl call, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, And yeah, you can always do make goods uh, as a caller, as well as me as a host. By calling in, if you're like uh, listening to one in the past, and you're like, oh, I have a really great first time, but it's not this week's, it's like weeks ago. Uh, turns out those still work. Yeah, we don't care, just share. Still acceptable. Uh, you remember the first time you ever got a tattoo? <laughs> yeah, because I never got a tattoo. Uh, not a permanent one. Look at you. But I do remember the first time I gave a tattoo to someone. Oh, really? Yeah, I just used... <laughs> This is like a not, prison tat, like a. This, yeah, I guess this is not medical advice. <laughs> I just took a pen okay. and I pulled the ink thingy out and mm-hmm. I cut it and then I took a needle and I dipped it into that ink 
And then I just slowly kind of hammered the needle into my friend's uh, ankle bone and made a little music note. Wow. Did yep. it like last forever? Did it work? No, it didn't last forever. That wasn't the point of it though. Okay. It lasted like three months maybe. Okay. It was pretty good. It was like the rest of the school year. <laughs> we were just bit, we were just bored and a bit uh, weird. Bored in class. Yeah, yeah. She, she asked. It was her idea. She's sure, like, I yeah. know this works. Some chicks are into weird shit, you know. I was like, all right, ankle bone. That sounds painful to me. But yeah, I have a serious needle phobia. I'm kind of surprised I got my ears pierced and my nose pierced because I really hate needles. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember. It's kind of different than needly stuff a little bit. I don't know <sighs> why exactly. Uh, I don't know. I don't either. Just the buzz and grind. And then once folks get ink, then they want more ink. And eh, I don't know. Yeah. I also, uh, I have drawn tattoo designs when I was about 14. Things that I thought. You know, I'm going to sit on this, and when I'm older, I might get this tatted on my body. Mm -hmm. And boy, I am glad I did not. Because, for example, one of those designs, the first thing I thought of, was drawing a bunch of Hello Kitties oh, man. as classic monsters. Yeah. Like Creature of the Black Lagoon, Michael Myers, mm -hmm. Freddy Krueger, all Hello Kitty. And it's just... I don't want a brand on me. Booberry yeah. is now rushing out to get this described tattoo. <laughs> he says, you know what? I'm I'm into it. I want it. I've probably got the art stashed away somewhere. <laughs> it's so... I, I'm just... Uh, I don't know. You know, my mom, God rest her soul, before she passed, she told me, don't ever get a tattoo. Because she had three. And she's just like, you're going to regret it. And mm. I was like, okay, you know what? You seem to hate your tattoos, so I think I'll just follow that advice. I'll tell you, this next caller, uh, next caller regrets nothing. Hello, hello, in the bowl. Hello, I'm in the bowl. back home again in Ketchikan, Alaska. This uh, is Vox. And welcome home, Vox. I didn't think I was going to be able to participate in this week's show because you asked about your first tattoo, and I was like, but I don't have any tattoos. Ooh, another one. And here's the thing, though. I had forgotten about Jack in the, no, not Jack in the Box, uh, uh, Cracker Jack. Ah, yes. That's yeah. it. I had forgotten about Cracker Jacks. You know, those, it's, it's super nasty, burnt-ass caramel popcorn. I don't know if they burn the popcorn or the caramel, but something about it is burnt. They do throw a few peanuts in there that are kind of good. Yeah, but I can't do like, peanuts. The candy or the, you know, the popcorn and so is, is garbage. The whole reason that you get it when you're a little kid is because it's got a secret toy surprise, right? Yep. There's that little Cracker Jack guy, the little guy in the Navy suit, and he's like, secret toy surprise inside. And so everybody gets it for the secret toy surprise. And I used to get it for the secret toy surprise. And in the when I was a little kid in the early 70s, the secret toy surprise was like, it was a plastic thing. It was either a like a ring, you know, the kind that you would get out of a bubble gum machine, or maybe it was a, like a little teeny magnifying glass or something. Mm -hmm. But then a little bit later on when I was a little bit older kid, like in late 70s, early 80s, the toys got super, super lame, and they were always a tattoo. Like, always. That's what it was. It was a tattoo. But yeah. it wasn't a real tattoo. You just got it wet, and you stuck it to your skin, and it inked your skin a little bit. 
and they called it a tattoo. Right. So my first tattoo and my last tattoo, in fact, all of my tattoos wow. are from Jack and... No, not... Why do I keep saying that? Because I'm kind of drunk. <laughs> anyway, the box, Because um, of... Um, Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. And no, you never eat the candy because it sucks. <laughs> anyway, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Well, Vox, you'll be dismayed to learn that uh, the Cracker Jacks now come with a QR code. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks so much. That's worse than any fucking... Uh... That's worse than just like a sticker. Yeah, they used to, they went to stickers and then they just like, you know, it's like some fucking QR code. Wasn't there some stupid law that got passed that you can't put toys in food? Yes, that's correct, actually. So maybe that's why they moved to, like, tats and stickers and now nothing. Borrow your mom and dad's phone and scan this. Play a game. A big box of cereal used to be a cool place to hide some shit. Yeah. And dig through it. Like Still is. I remember, uh, maybe that's a good F-tie. Okay. First time I ever had a prize out of a cereal box. Ooh, I like that. And then I'll save my story that I was just about to blurt. Um, temp tattoos, though. Temp tattoos. That's the move. Um, yeah. My kiddo just got a sleeve on Easter. <laughs> yep. Yep. Temp tattoos. And a lot of dinosaurs, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> some little dolls, and they had pets. Uh, but her friend that was sticking it on, like, moved it, and the cat she was getting looked like a skeleton, and the girl was like, I'm so sorry, let's, we can, like, wipe it off, it's no big, and Ray was like, no, this is much better. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that was pretty cool. Um, here's another caller. Hey. Who's pretty All cool. All right, well, I am Sir Keeper of the Vox. Oh, oh hello. And, uh, I have two tattoos, one on each hand. And they came from a ballpoint pen. Ah. And they're still there. There you go. After many years. Um, that's it. Take care. Bye. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, sir. Good to hear See? from you. Wow. Keeper of the Vox. Still there. I did something terribly wrong. Yeah, you must have not been hammering it hard enough or y something. You know me and you let her. <laughs> you let her off easy. Yeah. <laughs> ballpoint pen can last years. Oh, man, that's fascinating. Um, man, Vox's story of the temporary tattoo in the Cracker Jack box reminds me of the first temp tattoo that I ever got. If we're going by temp tattoos, it was Fruit Stripe Gum. You ever have Fruit Stripe Gum? Is that with a zebra on it? That is with a zebra yeah. on it. It's like a rainbow zebra. Before rainbow, everything was cool. It was like the only rainbow something product is Fruit Stripe Gum. Flavor fades in five seconds. Yeah, you got... You can get more leverage out of Juicy Fruit than fucking Fruit Stripe Gum. And that's saying something, because Juicy Fruit is pretty fast to fade, too. But Fruit Stripe, it's like you take seven bites and it becomes gum, and then by the ninth bite you can't taste anything. It's awful. And what's even more awful are the tattoos, so-called, that come with the on the wrappers. And it's just the unicorn, or the horse, or whatever, the fucking Rainbow Zebra guy, printed over and over. On this like rice paper wrapper. And then when you get it wet, it just smears off of there and makes your makes like some awful color on your arm. It doesn't even really like transfer directly. It's so hard to get a fruit stripe gum tattoo to transfer properly. It just smears and bleeds all over the place. And it lasts like four seconds. Uh. It's like if you you just bump it and it's like 
it's like if it's a, like some kind of weird substance like a if washable marker was on your hand and then never dried just stayed wet and smeary grody yeah terrible I want to hear about your first real tattoo though my first real tattoo uh, is right here oh it's the tit tat it's the tit tat and it's like uh, I don't know it's still something that I probably want to get altered or worked with or you know changed out but I just like it's so low on my priority list I have so much other shit to do and things to spend money on you know someday when it's convenient and um, feasible and no big deal Maybe, maybe I'll alter it. But it is the MU paw print logo with a fucking M on it. <laughs> the M was in yellow and the paw print was in black originally. And uh, yeah, it was my first week living in Columbia. I was a college freshman, almost a college freshman. Like classes hadn't even started yet. And uh, when you're a college freshman, when you first move in at the dorms, they hand you this like big ass coupon book with uh, all sorts of coupons for bullshit throughout the city, right? To drag in the uh, new freshman business and establish like a little flow there. You know, you want to introduce the freshman to all the local business. Give him a little coupon. Well, one of the coupons, dumbest thing ever, was for a free tattoo. A free two by two inch tattoo. Two color. A $50 value, turns out. So I went in and being totally uh, out of ideas and... uh, not so much creative at all. I had just started smoking weed, but I'd not, like, you know, found my friend's uh, acid or anything like that. And I don't know, it's just like, in a new place, I was just like a, a dormy normie, mm. for the most part, you know? And uh, straight out of high school, I hadn't really stepped out of my shell or discovered my adult self. You know, I was pretty much a high schooler who was at college for day three. Yeah. And got this tattoo, thinking, you know, well, here I am at college. Get the college on my tit. I think the one of the both the girls I went with were from my high school, and one of them got like a dolphin. Funny enough, <laughs> and they both got the little like uh, I don't know what you call this little bone that like points to your crotch. Oh, like the, the hip, hip bone. bone. Yeah, like a front hip bone right in that zone. Oh yeah, uh, sexy like a little panty line tattoo. You know, like where super edgy chicks get a Playboy bunny down there sometimes. Uh, one of them got just a dolphin jumping out of water or something, and the other one got uh, like a moon with a cloud or something. Kind of Lisa Frank type shit, you know? <laughs> Peekaboo! Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking dumb. I also didn't know tipping was a thing, so, like, the whole thing was very awkward. Ooh. All three of us went in. We all three got $50 two-by-two tattoos. We all three handed them a paper coupon, didn't tip. I didn't know oh. what a fucking tip thing was. You know, I didn't know you tip a tattoo artist. I had no fucking idea. And they were just like total assholes to us, but we didn't fucking like... They didn't explain themselves. Explain it or do what? No, they just like hated us because we were 18 we don't know what they're doing instead of explaining to us like how the fucking thing worked, you know? Yeah, you could even be an asshole and be like, hey, you usually tip. It'd be like if we did value for value and then like never talked about what it means or how to do it and then like got pissed off and be like, ah, nobody ever said anything. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't ask. A lot of people like that. So they were dummies, and uh, that tattoo place closed before I was a sophomore. Funny enough. I don't know how. They went out of business giving away free tattoos to 18-year-olds. I got a coupon for a free two-by-two, and they had a very short catalog of what you could get. And I flipped through it, and just none of them sang to me. So I walked out 
Still a blank canvas. I think I had the same deal because we like flipped through this book of little ones that were pre-baked, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, I am my mother. Yeah, like that. <laughs> I just got it because I was like, oh, I'm a... M-I-Z, orf, orf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, my email was uh, to Tiger Spence. I still have that email. <laughs> Somewhere. And uh, Tiger, the most common college yeah. mascot there yeah. is Roar. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was it was pre-Bloom. Still a young bud. Yeah. You know, young, dumb, and not quite yet full of rum, but that would come soon. <laughs> Very soon for you. <laughs> Pretty soon. Jesus. Uh, I, got a, I got a back tat that I'm much more proud of that I designed myself. and that um, It's beautiful. Was significantly uh, higher in price, plus I did tip the man. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. Because the front one is like an embarrassment, you know, really. If I got embarrassed... It would embarrass me. Yeah. I told the kids we got to take, if you die before me, we got to take that skin off and, you know, <laughs> sun dried or whatever. Dolomites, and put it uh, up. Son. You got to read that short story by Roald Dahl, Skin. Oh, yeah. Adding it to the list now. Uh, This next caller surely has read that story. Uh, <laughs> uh? My eyes are really red. Oh, I, uh, red eyes. Happy Holy Week. Yeah, we're that. Anyways, um... <laughs> so looking for a nuggie dropped on the floor. I, uh, I don't have any tattoos uh, other than uh, this little son-of-a-bitch bastard in uh, third grade. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, he pulled this uh, little trick on me uh, that he uh, did high five. No, it wasn't a high five because I'm older than shit, so it was uh, slap me five, and uh, he pulled this, uh, you know, slap me five, slap me five. I got and you. Had a pencil underneath his hand. Oh fuck! And when I went to go slap him five, he pulled his hand away. Had the pencil there, so I have like a little. Uh, yeah, happened in third grade. Uh. Like I'm 50 years old. It's still in my hand. God damn it! Uh, I can still see the little spot where he slapped me five with the pencil. He got. Uh, yeah, he, he had to leave the class for like a week. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, so that's it gruesome. Was the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, I, would I was so. just naive. A naive third grader. Yeah, it's one way to learn. Slap five. Yeah. My only tattoo is a piece of graphite in my skin <sighs> from him. Uh, fifty years. Well, no. Um, forty-seven years later. No, 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 no. But with the third grade. Sorry. Yeah, uh, you would have been eight. Say about uh, how old you are minus eight. Forty-three years later. Okay. There we go. In the bowl. In the, In bowl. the bowl. Oh, that is gruesome and painful. Two things you won't find in the bowl: meth and math. <laughs> yeah, and when we ask for high fives. Yeah, slap me five. It's just a cordial thing of friendship. Slap me five, cousin. Gosh. <laughs> Oh, man, that sucks. That does suck. Meeting your uh, pencil there on the other end. Mm. Ah, what a little prick. Incredible. Literally. This uh, next caller would never slap you five pencils. Hey. hey. Uh, so, uh, first time with a tattoo. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I don't have any ink. Okay. Why come? But uh, <laughs> do scars count? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. God, I got like a dozen of those okay. all over, you know. The face, 
the back to the chest. I look pretty hardcore. <laughs> like one of those inwards. No, not not a never. A never? Or a ninja or uh, one of those uh, not um, see them things. Not see Well, probably closer to a not see a thing. But anyway, um, no, I'm, sure I'm not either of any of those. But you were talking about lightning and that, that triggered. <laughs> anyway. No, oh, um, lightning. yeah, no, no ink, no tats. I've considered and I've had several offers. Ooh. You know, a couple artists, you know, just gift the gab, talking around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll post pics if and when I do. But, uh, for now, no, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty well covered with, uh, the scar side of it. <laughs> uh oh. Adios. Adios. In the boat. <laughs> in the bowl in the bowl Dr. Sir Mike Ranch covered uh, in scars scarred up scarred up like Spider-Man I don't know if Spider-Man's scarred up but like just thinking the web like all over you know yeah well that's his costume yeah that's what I'm saying look webby that's what I'm imagining a web of scars <laughs> he's been through the blender time or two oh man uh we did have another color queued up I don't have any tattoos Look at that. Not many Why bullets come? with them. Why come you don't have a tattoo? Oh, any tattoos. Wow. Virgin what canvases. I should I get? What? what, what? Oh. I don't even know what I... It's got to be real, you know. Like enough to have permanently put on my body. I don't right. know. I don't, I, the first time, I, it's, it's going to happen in the future, maybe. I don't know. Are there good places in Kansas City? There oh, are. hell yeah. There are a number of them, yeah. Should I get Pat Mahomes' face <laughs> tattooed on my... I don't know. I don't, yeah. I mean, think about being old now and having Joe Montana. What even... How do people decide what to get tattooed onto their body? Like, do, do people... Well, sometimes a lot of thoughts put in. and about stuff? To sometimes the point not so much. I, I don't know. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, yours was like your back tattoo that you designed yourself. That's some kind of divine imagery that came to you. Yeah, it's like icons, really. It's like, uh, so it's it's a big black and white sun with, uh, I want to say 16 points because it's got eight straight and eight curved points. Like a compass-ish thing. It's like a compass with a sun and then the interior circle of the sun is a collapsing set of yin-yangs. So the whole thing is a big yin-yang, but then there are two smaller yin-yangs inside of that and there are four smaller ones inside of that further. I run up and down right on my spine. That's beautiful. So it's like, uh, it's a lot of things and it's not really like words that describe it. It's just imagery. And to me, it's like, uh, everything can be described in it. Like it's an image that collapses into itself in which everything exists symbolically. It's a statement of like truth and everything. So that's what I got the time I thought about it. And like, yeah, sometimes people care a lot and put a lot of deep thought into it. And sometimes people put absolutely no thought into it whatsoever. And sometimes... That is the same person, like in my case. Yep. I got one that I got like on an absolute whim for free on a coupon, and another one that I put a great deal of thought and money into. Yeah, so, you know, fucking tattoos. My sister has a shitload, so she probably knows the right place to go. Yeah, and there's one artist that I admire in town that's really good at, and has won awards for anime tattoos, 
Oh, nice. Just beautiful. And the coloring is awesome. And it seems to last, which is neat. Yeah. Someday I'll get this fucking tit worked over. Because it's a little weird. Well, I've got a ballpoint pen right here. For a guy that wears as little clothing as me, it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's visible. Yeah, you know, just put your hand over your heart. <laughs> cover it up. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I'd never cover it up, really, but uh, maybe change it into something, like, better. Yeah. It's always been on the list. It's it like, could... I don't know, some kind of wolf, maybe. Exactly. It My could... friend was like... Uh, He's like, hey, for your birthday, he's told me this for the last two birthdays. Hey, for your birthday, I want to get you, get your tattoo fixed, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, what do you, and he's, and then he's always like, but don't, don't get like a wolf or something. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, dude, that's like probably what I would get. Just turn it into a wolf paw print. That would be so easy. Ooh, we got a bowler cutting it close. (gasps) Yay. I reckon I'd like to try me some of that peer pressure. Oh, Yeah. We got some peer pressure. Or, I mean, no, wait. It's First just your turn. It's just your turn. We're straight out of peer pressure. Oh, hello, bowlers. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. This caller's celebrating early. Jalapenos, jalapenos. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> Stick. First time I got a tattoo. A tattoo. Um, I just turned 18. I, uh, not just... Maybe just. I don't fucking know. Anyway, I had this girlfriend nice. that I just really wanted to impress. It was cool. Okay. She listened to cool music and like hung out in cool places. I had cool hair. I had a birthmark on her eyeball. Whoa. Whoa. Right. Uh, it. It was. Part of it was on the the white part of the eye, and part of it was on the iris. Okay. And it was, it was a pink dot. That's what it looked like. Just a... Dwam. Anyway, I wanted to impress her, but I didn't want just some run-of-the-mill tattoo on... Uh, uh, like a heart with mom. You know, that or you just see on the walls of the tattoo parlor. Like an anchor or a skull. So I simply made a star, you know, a solid star with a circle. Okay. Around it, like some dots in between, and handed it to the guy. And he was like, oh, we got an artist with a custom design. Trying to embarrass me. I was like, is it too hard for you to do? <laughs> and I don't remember what, he had a smart-ass reply. At that point, I was just ready to like, get out of there. Yeah. It wasn't a good vibe. Like People were all hostile and shit. Like, there's I didn't know of... I was offending some fucking tattoo code. Yeah, there's a lot of parlors like Having that. I draw something somebody else drew. Like, heaven forbid, what the fuck am I going to do? Sue him for it? Especially if you're a dude. Anyway, I got it. He overcharged me. I don't remember what. It was probably like $100. Ugh. Sounds about right. What a jackass. Uh, me, for wanting to impress that chick. Because <laughs> I still have the tattoo. Don't still have the girl. <laughs> In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, the tattoo, in many such cases, uh, outlasts the girl. Oof. Another thing about tattoos... Is I was always afraid if I had to be on the run, I didn't want to be identified by a tattoo. <laughs> sure. Maybe you wait until you're on the run to get the tattoos. Yeah, cover it up. Well, that's not her. She had no tattoos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the blank canvas has more potential. For sure. But then the uh, tattooed canvas has used that potential. So, you know, there's always trade-offs. Yeah. Gives and takes. And there's people that are like, it's just a tattoo. Sure. It's different for everybody, you know. 
Different for everybody. Uh, you know what else is really different? Uh, I guess we should think about an F-tie. Didn't you pre-pick one? <laughs> well, last night on Behind the Schemes, Master oh, Booberry right. had suggested... I remember. The first time you ever found a used condom. Right. Which was hilarious. That was a great suggestion. And then you just suggested the first time you ever pulled a prize out of a cereal box. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we have a list. Let's do them in that order, and I'll write the one on the list. Okay. I like that. Uh, first time you ever found a used condom. First time you ever found a used Johnny, used a uh, Profo, rubber. Or as I like to call them, my squishy boots. <laughs> first squishy boot. Uh, yeah. Let us know. 816-607-3663. Appreciate all the calls tonight. Yeah. Lots of uh, skin virgins out there. And uh, all I can tell you is wait until you want it. And it makes sense. You know? Don't do it because some other chick you went to high school with is doing it. And you just want to, like, do what they're doing because then you'd be in the same room as them. That's the type of dork I used to be. You know? That's all right. We all begin as dorks. For Still virgin. Still virgin, Spence. <laughs> there was a time. Barely remember it. God damn. Feels like lifetimes ago. Has been. It was. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Ah, uh, but you know what time it is now. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Yeah. My first story has a clip, and I only doctored out one part of it, which will become self explanatory when I play it. Zach Sigelko has kayaked before, but only on Minnesota's Great Lakes. Hawaii's waves, even 200 yards off Waikiki, are something he's not used to. So I was recording uh, some of the planes coming over. Um, you know, the Air Force planes are coming over top, and it was pretty neat just to capture that. You can see a bigger wave come, and I'm like, in my head, like, oh, here we go. And then you kind of tip over it. At that point, I was like trying to scramble, find my paddle, but I had my phone in my hand too. That was Zach's last full day of vacation. He returned home without his phone. Fast forward over a month and enter Dr. Carl Brookins. He's a retired fisheries scientist who takes photos and puts them up along art on the zoo fence every weekend. Every so often, he'll take a dive. The bottom's, you know, pretty uniform out there. It's sandy with some rocks, and it's like, that's a square thing. And it, there's a pair of sunglasses sitting right next to it. I didn't expect this one to come back on because it was, it was starting to get too crusty. Just in case, he put it in a bag of rice and salt to suck out the moisture. A week later, he plugged it in. Charged it up and uh, turned it on, and there it said, December 21st. I found it on January 23rd. I was in shock, one, that he found it, obviously. Two, that he was able to <laughs> log into the phone, uh, recover the video, and find my email address. To Zach's surprise, Dr. Brookins sent the phone back free of charge. Based. I just send it away. It's good aloha, you know? If, if he wants to send me the cost of shipping it to him, that's fine, but checks in the mail form, you know, a few extra bucks on top of the, the shipping and handling there. Um, so hopefully he gets that soon. <laughs> wow. So it's worth noting, as stated in the headline for this story, that this phone survived 33 days in the water and was still able to turn on. Of course, the story is actually a native ad for the phone. 
So I pulled that part out when they say what kind of phone it was. Oh, brilliant. Because nice. fuck them, we don't do ads here. That's right. But it's a great story. There could be hope. The only good the phone. phone is a landline, and it should be made out of Bakelite. <laughs> Amen. Oh, the White House had its first security breach after they raised the height of the fence. They actually doubled the fence height around the White House. Oh, man, they made the wall two times higher. Yeah, but now the fence has an additional inch of space between the pickets, and so a toddler was able to <sighs> squeeze through the metal fencing onto the north side of the White House. But did they accomplish the mission? No, because Secret Service was immediately alerted, oh, had geez. to shut shit down, <laughs> walk across the North Lawn, and pick up this tiny tot, and then find his parents. Which, of course, the parents were right there at the fence. Yeah. Wow, that's a little messed up. Yeah. So they reunited the kid with the parents, but had to run them through some standard questioning before they could allow them to go back on their merry way. Oh, yeah. just, just part of procedure. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't know if uh, the kid had anything attached to him mm. or devious plans, trying to steal the nation's secrets. <laughs> Good God. Get a kiss from the dusty man in there. You know. Yeah. My next story comes from Alaska. All right. There is a family. They have three kids, and each kid had their own dog. Good lessons and responsibility for taking care of dogs. Sure. Anyways, they went to visit family on St. Lawrence Island in March. All right. A very, you know, just out there place. Yeah. No, uh, I don't think they have any grocery stores or anything. Remote and desolate. Exactly. And the dogs decided to run off. The uncle that they were staying with had a dog that joined them, and he said, it's all right, they'll be back in like a week or two. (laughs) So two and a half weeks later, the uncle's dog and... uh, Their two dogs showed up, but one was still out missing. Oh, great. And so they went back home, the long way home, and uh, didn't really know what to do. You know, dogs just gone out in the Arctic tundra of Alaska. Well, the dad started poking around on some legacy social media sites and saw a picture of their dog 166 miles away from their home in Wales, Alaska. Whoa. Yeah, there's like a small group there that keeps in touch. And they said, huh, this weird dog just showed up. I wonder where he could have come from. So the mom went and reactivated her social media account to claim the dog. But how the heck were they going to get it there? There's no direct flights from Wales to where they live. Yeah. Uh, But it just so happened that there was a charter flight planning to bring some school kids to a Bering Strait School District Native Youth Olympics tournament. (laughs) And she was able to use some airline points to get her dog into a crate, which one of the teachers provided, and uh, cover that expense to fly him home. Dog's name is Nanook. Ah, Nanook. That was the name of the husky that uh, Beanie Babies did. It was also the name of the dog in uh, The Lost Boys. Uh-huh. Fun fact. In Anuk means polar bear in Siberian Yupik. I see. Which I did not know until this article. So Nanook got back safely, but had two bites on his leg from an unidentified animal. Which, uh, yeah, it could have been a wolverine or seal or maybe even a polar bear. 
Maybe a damn old beaver, man. You never know. <laughs> you never know. But this group had sent them photos of uh, Nanook eating seals what the that fuck? he had hunted. So he survived and thrived in wow. the wilderness. He was out there doing real dog shit. That's right. Living the life. Yeah. A little cold, but he was prepared. It was an Australian shepherd. Love Australian shepherds. They're pretty cool dogs. In Philadelphia, some folks decided to steal a truck that was leaving the Philadelphia Mint and on its way to Florida. <laughs> okay. Yeah, might think a bunch of money. Well, the truck was carrying a bunch of dimes. Oh, God. In fact, $750,000 worth of dimes. That's going to be a hard steal. Yeah, they eventually parked the stolen truck in a parking lot and were able to make off with at least $100,000 worth of dimes but left change all over the place. I bet. What a nightmare. Yeah, no arrests have been made yet. And uh, law enforcement has no idea how they got that many dimes oh out of the truck God, and carted yeah. off with them. You would have had to have a U-Haul or something ready. Box van. Yeah. That was a heavy load. <laughs> you imagine how long that's going to take to, like, fence out and uh, spend and deposit and shit. Be on the lookout for anybody depositing more than $1,000 of dimes at a time. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Come on, dog. It's wild. Yeah. Incredible. It's wild. In Maine, people saw fireballs in the sky. Well, I guess there were some meteorites that hit the state right along the Canadian border. And now the Maine Mineral and Gem Museum is offering a $25,000 reward for anyone who can retrieve a one kilo specimen. Holy shit. It'd be so fucking cool to hunt and find an asteroid. Oh my God. Yeah. People absolutely killer. Are on the hunt. I bet. But of course, there's no guarantee that they're going to find one big enough to claim the payout. In which case, like, just keep it for yourself, right? I would be straight out of some, like, 80s, 90s action-adventure flick. Yeah, hunting meteorites. There's, like, eight different wacky characters all hunting the same meteorite. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Dirty tricks and Sue, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All I could think about was uh, the meteorite impacts in Germany where Moldavite comes from. Yeah. The tech tech that formed. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool. God damn. Get a bunch of Moldavite. Yeah. I wonder how long that takes to form, though. I mean, these things just fell this past week, so. Yeah, I think right when it cools off, it's done. Yeah. You might be right. Also in Maine, there was a guy out hunting for lobster, and he found something odd and very long tangled in his net. Ooh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, he decided to pick it up, and it was very heavy and seemed to be metal. So uh, got it into his boat, and it kind of lopsided his uh, fishing boat. Got it to shore, kind of banged it around a little bit. Realized, oh, shit, I think this is a torpedo. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Put it in the back of his truck, ran some errands. So it's bouncing around in the (laughs) truck. And, uh, yeah, I guess that it was a five-foot. 150-pound MK-29 Mod-O missile from the 1940s. He cleaned it up and decided to call law enforcement the next day, still having no idea what it was, I guess. And uh, when they did some x-rays on it, they found out that it had five pounds of explosives at its tip. Oh, my God. So they countercharged it, and then the Navy came in and detonated it with dynamite. Shit. Yeah, that's spooky. 
He's lucky that didn't blow. Throw up in the pickup. Going back home. It, you would think it'd be sufficiently waterlogged enough, but I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how underwater torpedoes work. I would assume they're somewhat waterproof, but I wouldn't assume they're like 80 years worth of waterproof. Yeah. And this specific uh, torpedo was discontinued in 1945. Damn. So been there for a while. Yeah. Almost 100 years. Hey, you remember the bald eagle Murphy that was sitting on a rock? Yeah. Here in the Show Me State at the World Bird Sanctuary. Nesting nothing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the story made international news, and people <laughs> felt really sorry for Murphy. Uh-oh. And they're like, yeah, we should give him something to do. He seems like he wants to be a dad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, turns out that two eaglet chicks were blown down from a nest in St. Genevieve. Unfortunately, one of them died from the fall, but the other was rescued and taken to the World Bird Sanctuary Hospital. And then they thought, well, maybe Murphy can foster this eaglet. So they introduced them slowly, brought the eaglet in at night, but then like within a week, they saw that Murphy was modeling perfect eagle father behavior. Attaboy, Murphy. Congratulations. Blue cigars all around. And so uh, Yellow cigar, or purple? Pink? Fuck. I don't know, but... Was it a boy or a girl is what I'm trying to ask, and I'm fucking it up pretty bad. They didn't give any details yet. They have a superstition there that if they name the eaglet, it might die. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Or end up being non-releasable. So or right now it's if just... if it dies, it's going to be a bummer. Yeah, right now it's just the eaglet. Sure, okay. But he's a full-time dad now. He's got something real to do. Good for you, Murphy. Fake it till you make it, kids. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the moral of the story. You got to fake it till you make it. <laughs> Oh, people driving on the I-5 freeway in Oregon might have seen money floating along down out of the air. (laughs) Yeah, I like money, though. Yeah, me too, especially when they're $100 (laughs) bills. No shit. Yeah, some Oregon man decided to throw thousands of dollars out on the freeway. Cut me a slice. Yeah, this 38-year-old said he wanted to gift his money. But then... Law enforcement got a call from a relative who said he drained $200,000 out of a family shared bank account and then threw it out. Dude, I've been mooching off you for years. Yeah, so they claim to be penniless and are now asking folks that picked it up to return it. Good God. Because, of course, by the time uh, troopers showed up at the scene, there was none left to be found. It's funny how money works like that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's cash, so, you know, good luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck indeed. Yeah. Troopers did a, they stopped that guy, though, and they said, hey, you can't be throwing money on the road. You're causing a traffic hazard. And I guess they thought about arresting him, but just let him off with a citation. <laughs> what are you, nuts? <laughs> yeah. What if I am? <laughs> he was. It's not about the money. It's about sending a message. Parents noticed that their 12-year-old daughter was missing, along with their car. So they decided to file a uh, missing kid report, you know, and uh, she ended up turning herself in when she hit Alabama and saw photos of herself on TV. She's just like, okay, mission accomplished. I'm famous. Let's go back home. (laughs) No, she took a 14 year old friend with her and I guess they were going to meet someone that they met online Uh, in Alabama. Classic 14 year old girl shit. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a wonderful love story, but. Uh, she got spooked and uh, just called it quits the at the border. The odds are quite low. 
what bugs me is, you know, they don't have the identity of whoever she was going to meet. They're just presuming it's a teenage boy. But they're still investigating it. Like, oh, we want to find out who this sure. guy is. It's like, leave him out of it. Well, yeah. And, and I ladies. mean, I can see both ways. I mean, what if he's a creeper? It, yeah, what if he's a creeper? Then it would be a good grab. But girls, ladies, make the man come to you. Come on. Yeah, go out for a show or something in your own town. Ah, 400 miles away. Start in your own town. Yeah, meeting in real life is a little, you know what you're getting into then. Or at least call him on the phone or something, maybe, I don't know. Well, maybe she had. You know, there's no details here. Okay, maybe she had. Maybe she had. Yeah, maybe they've been dating for years. Maybe he was her third MySpace friend (laughs) in her top eight for... Ages. Oh, I'm thinking they probably just played Minecraft together a bunch. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Why not? And my final story for the lanes is about a Spanish athlete who spent 500 days alone in an underground cave as part of an experiment monitored by psychologists, cave specialists, physical trainers, and researchers studying the human mind in circadian rhythms. Ooh, cave. Yeah, she was 230 feet deep in a cave outside of Granada. And she says that time flew by and she lost track of day and night and all the days after day 65. That's when she stopped counting. Um, She didn't want to come out also. She said she had a great time. She went in when she was 48. It's been, uh, she spent two birthdays alone, so she's 50 now. Whoa. So she went in before the lockdowns, the coof, everything, the death of the queen, and, uh, I guess she only spent, she came out for eight days in an isolation tent when she was waiting for repairs to a router that she was using to send audio and videos to the team. But she spent her time down there exercising, painting, drawing, knitting, and read more than 60 books. She said the hardest moment was when the cave was invaded by flies. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, she did have a team that was sending food and clean t-shirts down to her and also removing her waist. Okay. That that seems pretty cool. That's interesting for sure. 500 days. No communication. And she said, seriously, if someone in my family dies, I don't want to know. No communication at all. Wow. Tell me when I get out. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's pretty hardcore. You're You're not hardcore unless you cave hardcore. That's right. And the world had changed around her. Oh, man. Well, we just hit one in FEMA Region 7. And uh, another bowl has been cashed, as we say. Thanks for uh, toking along with us. And uh, pack your bowls tightly for 420. Just two days away. Stoner Christmas, baby. Make Heroism and Mary-Kate Ultra will be joining us. After uh, this show plays uh, After No Agenda Live. So if you're listening to this on 420, on the No Agenda stream, that means this Bowls with Buzz is just coming up next. Stay tuned. And uh, no matter what time you're listening to this, you can always find us live Tuesday nights, usually around 9 central, on the Bull After Bowl stream, which can be found at bullafterbowl.com. Or on the Mighty No Agenda stream. Now and always, I shall remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. 
and I'll always be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Do you ever see that? Is my eyes deceiving me? I called the police. I know you're half retarded. Yeah, you gotta stop calling the cops, dude. You act like a little child, okay? That's the hood, Mike. I'm sick of your fucking smoke. That guy's fucking right. Must be fucking nice. Must, must, must be fucking nice. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Another bowl in the books. That's right. After four hours of uh, chilling, no agenda stream, you can uh, now mosey on back to the pre planned schedule created by. Uh, Sir Ryan Bimrose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta stop the recording. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's a good idea. Good move.